This is the Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. They were the best shoes in New England. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Jones, as always, I got my main man, the ghost, with me, and we got ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Safer, safer, safer. These apps just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Tell us what we're working with this week. Oh, you know, just another steezy episode for y'all. We got none other than the steez man himself, Ronnie Kessner. You know what I'm saying? A young legend in the making, Ronnie, smooth as they come, fucking, he's stacking clips across the country, this fool's been on a mission, and we absolutely can't wait for his part to drop, great interview, really nice young man, super excited to watch his career uh, progress, hyped to get a chance to talk to him, and hyped for all of y'all to hear it, then we taking y'all straight to the post office. The people just keep getting funnier and funnier in these emails. Great post office. Shouts to everyone for hollering as per usual. And then it's the rundown, baby. Football, basketball, full-fledged, man. It's popping these days. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Hit us up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. And then peep our website, TheBuntLive.com. Week after week, I think I already said that earlier, but stuck in my head. The ghost does the dirty work so we don't have to. The ghost shout out of the week. What you got for us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out of the week brought to you by the den by skaters for skaters for the undying love of skate videos an app available for free on iPhone, iPad, Android, and even Apple TV. So log in right now, create an account, and this week, we tuning into, <laughs> you may have already guessed it, Deshaun Jordan. Welcome to April Skateboards. Man, he's had a couple board sponsors, and no disrespect to any of them, but it finally feels like he landed in the right home, going off as per usual in Deshaun style. Man, he's such a beast on a skateboard, skate parks contest. But I just love that he busts his ass in the streets as well. Because he's one of those skaters that probably wouldn't even need to go ham in the streets to like have a successful career skating. But he does. Uh, known him since he was a youth and love to continue to see him grow. Uh, shout out to Sean. You're a beast. That Rick Flip in San Francisco. Hats off, bruv. Flushing medals. Hats off, bruv. Deshaun Jordan, April, fuck yeah. There's only one thing left to do before we get this interview started, and that's head down to Extra Burger on Dundas West, Dundas and Dovercourt if you're in Toronto, and get yourself the coldest beer in the world, the new buzz, the only buzz, Beamer Beer, baby. 
All right. With that said, ain't nothing left to do. Let's get it popping. Ronnie's in the building. All right, let's get this thing popping. We got one of the cleanest in the game, Ronnie Kesner in the building. What's going on, yo? <laughs> what up? <laughs> Straight chilling, dog. So, Ronnie, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. All right, well, I'm not I'm not uh, too big into sports, but I, the only thing that I can really think of is uh, my my dad is uh, he's into football, so he's a he's a Dallas fan. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> so like yeah, inherently I kind of just I like the Cowboys. So uh, we would go to Epic. games whenever they would come play the Giants in uh, like North mm. Jersey. So that was definitely something that like I really looked forward to when I was younger, and I still look back on it, and it's like it's pretty sick. I don't know. We went to one like last last Christmas actually. They came through and played, and Dallas won. But I got him. I got us good seats, and we went and watched, and it was it was pretty sick. That's so sick. Why Dallas? What's his connection with Dallas? I don't know, dude. I think he like I think when he was younger, he just said he liked like their Oh, their, they had their, an epic team back in the day. Well, yeah, too. they had an epic team and like I think he just liked the color of their their mm. like jerseys and stuff, so he he was just down for it and then uh yeah, when I like was growing up, that's like all that's the only thing I ever really knew was just like football. I was really into it when I was younger and then uh yeah, once I like moved away, I kind of got got out of it. But just lately, like last year and this year, I've sort of been tapping back in because like, I don't know, it's not it's, I think as you get older, like, I didn't really talk to my dad as often as I wished I would. And uh, I think mm -hmm. football is kind of like a, I don't know, I'll text him and I'm like, you see that? Like, <laughs> he, like he shanked the he shanked the kick again. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's pretty sick. Yeah. Sports brings people together, man. Did yeah. You, did so. your dad hit you up crying this Sunday when uh, they got whooped? By the Arizona Cardinals, supposed to be Dude, the worst I, team in the league. I'm home right now, and we just uh, yeah, we watched the last two games together. Oh. And, um, yeah, the first game was insane. It was forty nothing against the Giants. <laughs> You're feeling and, nice, uh, eh? <laughs> yeah. He he was like laughing, having a good time, and I'm like, wow. Oh. And and they're all they're like, yeah, the Cowboys best like best team in the NFL. Like yeah, um, best defense for sure. Yeah, and then uh, I, right before the game. Uh, the other day, my dad was like, oh, like, yeah, you know, there's like four players that got hurt during practice, like between the last game and this game. And I was like, oh, we're good. And then, uh, yeah, they just fully, they, I don't know what happened this past game, but it was bad. So Epic collapse. Yeah. Uh, favorite skate moment? Yeah, when I was younger, like any time I would go to, uh, do you guys remember that skate park called X Park? It was in Philly and like a shot and like Tom Asta and like all those rain guys would always skate it. It was like an old Woodward Park in a mall. Mm. They would always make montages and stuff. And I, I feel like every time one of those montages came out, it was like the best thing ever for me as a kid. Yeah, Cause sick. like I would go skate there whenever it would rain or snow or something. And I would just want to, yeah, do exactly what those dudes were doing. So I think whenever they came out with like a new, a new montage, like, I was really hyped. I don't know. It's funny, like, what, yeah, I don't know, the skate park montages would do, like, for you oh, as a yeah. kid. That was all that mattered. Like, mm -hmm, then, for sure. And then you can use them as a measuring stick. Like, okay, that guy's doing that. <laughs> like, if I can figure that one out, like, maybe I'll get free shoes one day. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. So, Ronnie, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? Uh, I'm from a town, a small town called Little Egg Harbor, New Jersey. And uh, it's like pretty close to the beach. It's in 
southern Jersey, a little bit north of Atlantic City. Yeah, I just got, I've kind of always been like skating, I think just kind of as long as I can remember because my older brother, he's a lot older than me. We have our age gap is pretty big. He was like 18 when I was born. But yeah, he just was always skating. So I just wanted to do, yeah, whatever he was doing because he was, he's just the coolest. So yeah, <laughs> he, he, he got me into skating and he did everything. Yeah, like for me, I, I like would just kind of skate my driveway and stuff with like my homie down the street. And I didn't know anything about trick names or, or really anything. I just kind of was just me and my homie were just the only, I just knew whatever he was doing. So I was like, oh, all right, I'm gonna just try <laughs> to do that. And then, uh, yeah, as I got like a little bit older, like, yeah, my brother would kind of take me around town and uh, around Little Egg Harbor and we would just go skate. Like, like he would film me and like, we would go skate like, curbs and three stairs and whatever I could skate at the time and yeah and then just like as I got older and older like he ended up taking me to Philly for like the first time because that was like the closest city yeah. to to where I grew up but like I didn't know anything I didn't know like love was love I didn't I was just like I think the first place I actually went in Philly was FDR so I was like kind of like whoa this is crazy there's graffiti everywhere and um yeah yeah but yeah, basically just, yeah, my brother pretty much introduced me to, to, to like street skating and just everything. And yeah, and then one year I went to a Tampa Pro. I think I might have been like maybe maybe nine or ten. And I think at that point I was like really trying to like put together like pros and like sponsors. And I was like, well, yeah, like this is crazy. There's like different board companies and different shoes and stuff and like why, why can't you skate for like two shoe companies? Like I did, I didn't understand anything. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I remember going to Tampa pro and that was kind of like really opened my eyes. Cause I would just like point at people. I'm like, who is that? And my brother's like, Oh, that's Danny Frenzelita or whoever, you know? So I don't know. Danny would have been there shredding. That's for sure. Yeah, he was for sure. He was one of the first people I met. I think is your brother still shredding these days? Kind, yeah, he kind of is here and there. Um, he has a mini ramp in his backyard, so like he kind of yeah he'll 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 skate the mini ramp and stuff. But um, my nephew, like his son, just uh, started like really showing interest in skating. So my brother's Sick. hyped. He he like he goes to the skate park like every weekend. They'll go to like a different park like around Jersey, and he'll just kind of uh, yeah, just I don't know. It's an excuse I think for him to just be like, oh cool, like I can like yeah go skate and. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's sick. Yeah, it's sick. I'm I'm, I'm stoked that he because he wasn't he was like kind of interested here and there like in skating. My nephew and then uh, I think like this summer though was like he's 13, so I think like this summer he was like, oh, like this is pretty. This shit's sick. wicked. Yeah, definitely. That's what's up. So, Ronnie, what would you consider to be your first big break in the skate industry, man? How did it all start popping for you? Yeah, probably maybe just getting getting on April. That might have been like the. Yeah, the biggest thing I think that had happened for me. Yeah, because I was getting, I was skating for Element for a little bit in DC. Or maybe I'll back up a little bit, I guess. Because when I was in New Jersey still, like when I was in high school, I went to one of those uh, Element Make It Count contests. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't win. Because I think if you win, you get you would, you would got to like, I don't remember. I think maybe you were able to get like float some Element boards or something and maybe and like go to the camp and do the whole thing. But I got second. And I remember being so bummed. I was like, man, like I om- I'm almost good enough. Like, <laughs> and, uh, I, and then I think, yeah, Donnie Barley was there. And uh, yeah, he just, he like came up to me after the contest and kind of just like, was like, feel, was like, what's up? Like, are you like, 
I'd like to give you boards, even though like you didn't win. Like I'd still like, to, and I was like, no way. Like, all right, like sick. So yeah, just, I, I met Donnie like through that. And, um, I think that felt like a pretty big, like stepping stone at the time. Cause like Donnie's a man, he's so sick. Like oh, he, yeah. he would like, he would like call me and leave me voicemails about a footy link I would send him. Like I'd send him a footy link to get more boards and stuff. And he would call me. And if I missed it or something, he would like leave me a voicemail so long that it would cut off that he would call me again <laughs> and leave me another voicemail. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just kind of being like, dude, you're doing everything right. But like, you know, maybe try to skate more like this or like cutty stuff, you know, whatever. Just like try to give me mm-hmm. advice as, as a little kid. And I always remember that about him. Like he really cares, you know, and he, he was like a really good dude. So that was really sick. And I think at the same time too, I started getting shoes from uh, from Jeff Pang, East Coast DC yeah. s- style. And then, um, yeah, and then when I moved out to California, I think I, I was like, whoa, like, like I needed to transfer from those dudes to like the West Coast guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was way harder than I, than I thought it would be. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was gonna be chilling <laughs> when I moved out there, but then I was like, oh man, I gotta like meet everybody again. But yeah, I think getting hooked up from like Donnie Barley and, and Jeff Pang was like a big thing when I was younger because I was like, wow, like this could happen, you know, like maybe I can like, uh, like actually skate for these dudes one day. So yeah, that was cool. They were sleeping on the West Coast because look at you now um, moving, <laughs> moving forward after those connections. Like you uh, mentioned briefly, you got on April skateboards, which is fucking epic. But what's the story behind that? How that connection pop? I met... Jake Darwin at Element because uh, we had gone on a couple trips together just because he was shooting all the photos for for Element at the time. I think they were filming for that video piece. I was just such a big fan of, of Darwin and like the photos he would take of Mason and and just everything, all the like Julian, all the stuff that he had shot. And uh, yeah, I got to meet him. And I don't know if either of you guys know him, but he's like an absolute legend. He's the man. And um, yeah, he is from New Zealand, so he had kind of known Shane from I just like going back and forth from Australia, and yeah, he kind of knew that uh, Shane was going to start a board company, but he he didn't really tell me. He kind of was poking around, like, oh, like what's like, are you stoked at Element? What's going on over there? And at the time, I think like Cole Matthews had maybe just left or was about to leave, and. Um, I think there was kind of like everybody was sort of in a position where they were kind of like unsure maybe what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. um, so I was like pretty unsure. And I had I was like going on a couple trips at the time and I thought like it was going to happen. And then I started hearing like some dudes were going to leave. And uh, so I was like, I don't really know, like not sure. And uh, yeah, he randomly hit me up for like uh, some footage or, or something that I had had at the time. And I sent him a link and then he just like sent me a photo of like Shane giving a thumbs up like back oh, to me <laughs> and I was like what like crazy like you showed him like I, and then immediately I was like why did you show him like no like, <laughs> like it's not good you know and uh I, I don't remember exactly what happened I think I got a text from Shane maybe like right after and he was like hey it's Shane like I was wondering if you wanted to come up to like the backyard skate park and like just come skate or something and I was like what like this is so weird because I feel like, yeah, nobody would really get invited there. And I didn't, I didn't know him at all. So yeah, I went and skated and it was, it was cool. We just went and skated. Nothing was talked about. And then, uh, he hit me up again to go to the backyard. And, uh, the the next time it was just me and him. And I was like, oh man, like, this is like (laughs) really intimidating. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he had like a board on it and he like flipped it over and it was blank. And he was like, yeah, like I'm, 
in like a couple of months, I'm going to, I'm not going to be skating for, for primitive anymore. And I'm going to start like my own company. And he wouldn't tell me the name, wouldn't tell me who was on it. Like nothing just kind of told me like Darwin was going to be involved. He asked me to be a part of it. And, uh, Wow. It just, it just seems so like nonchalant the way he did it. Cause he was just kind of like, yeah, you, you know, you could, or like, it's all good if you, you know? And I was like, well, <laughs> I, like, this, I don't know. Like this, this might be like epic. I, like, I'm not really sure. So, um, I took a couple of days to think about it and then, uh, yeah. And then I think he had told me like, yeah, the next time we met up, like who, who we wanted to be a part of it and stuff. And yeah. So I just, I kind of just dove in and was I mean he's like you know been one of my favorite skaters for so long so I was uh I was psyched when he when he asked me and and stuff and I kind of just had to like just trusted him you know yeah when it's someone on that level you kind of yeah. gotta just go in blind and be like fuck let's do this <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely like kind of scary because uh I mean yeah I skated for Element for for a really long time DC as well I skated for them for like Man, I think I was probably getting shoes and boards from them for probably like seven years, maybe or something like that. So, yeah, it was cool to uh, to switch it up, but also pretty scary. <laughs> but I'm thankful sure. I did. Yeah. So speaking of Shane, arguably the most talented skateboarder in the world, how intimidating is it skating in front of him, and what's he like off the board? You have a Shane story for the people? I definitely for sure yeah I I was like intimidated when I first met him and like I would skate around him because I was just I like was afraid to skate because I was like man if I like miss if I like fall on a kickflip or something this like he's gonna be like what am, what is this you rethink dude doing? everything yeah so uh for sure but no dude now like I've I talk to him pretty often and it's it, it's still trippy for sure like when I I don't know yeah just like that I get to skate with him and stuff because it's ridiculous yeah when you're on a session with him and it's pretty crazy but um <laughs> yeah i don't know he, he's a he's a really cool dude he's just like down for he just wants everybody to do like the most that they can i think that that's something that's like special about him because i feel like sometimes people like maybe don't are just kind of like yeah like do your thing and then maybe they won't like follow up and actually see what you're doing but he'll for sure follow up he'll be calling you being like so like did you get the trip did you like try did you do this you know like yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's really involved and like really cares and yeah which is just like really sick i think so hell yeah shane i remember i remember we, we went to this uh rail in or, or okay so this is like we i just i think april had just started and like i don't know I don't know when this was. Oh, it had to be before the promo because these tricks were in the promo. So, like, I think before the company came out, we were skating. We were all skating blank boards at this time. Uh, I didn't. I, I still didn't really know him too well. And uh, I remember we went out skating in LA somewhere, and he was just like all. He gets like really hyped on ideas, like, and we'll just like do, just do it. Like, if so, like he was like, oh, like Salt Lake City is like so dope. Like, we need to go to Salt Lake City. And it was, I think, I, and I, I didn't know anything in Salt Lake City. So I was like, hmm, like, I mean, I'm down. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, like, dude, call Ish right now. Like, and see if he wants to go to Salt Lake City this weekend. And I was like, uh, all right. So I call Ish. And I'm like, hey, you want to go to Salt Lake City? He's like, I mean, yeah, let's do it. So Shane's like, all right, I'm booking all the flights right now. Cause there was a rail that he wanted to skate in Salt Lake City. Uh. And dude, so we get there and it's like a it's like a real small like white rail he does like a big spin front nose slide on it in oh, the promo yeah, yeah. yeah and uh ish also does like a heel flip crook on it and it's like uh it's probably like a seven stair rail or something and it's it is pretty insane it's pretty good and uh 
so we get there and this was like my like first experience I think with him so I was like oh this is kind of crazy like he just booked us all tickets to go to Salt Lake City so like we could go skate this rail pretty much and I think the trip might have been like five days or something and we go there and we pull up to the rail and I, I think it like needed Bondo or something so we're like oh cool we're kind of looking at it we're like all right this rail is like cool so we, so we go to the store we get Bondo we come back Bondo it and then like it's kind of getting dark because our flight got in like midday so we start skating it. We 50-50 and stuff. And then, like, sun goes down. We're like, all right, we're going to, like, wake up in the morning. We're going to skate this thing. Like, this is, is going to be epic. So we, like, wake up at, like, 6.30 or 7. Shane, like, loves to get up crack of dawn. Like, crack of dawn on trips and go skate. <laughs> so we go to the rail. We go, we go get breakfast. We go to the rail. And then about we, like, start skating it. And I think he might have started trying the big spin front nose. Or I'm not really sure how far into the session we got. But then, like, a cement truck pulled up. And they were like, ah, oh, like we need to take out the sidewalk in front of the rail. So we're like, no, like, ah, oh, we did, like we basically just flew here for this rail. So like, dude's yeah. like, we gotta do it. Like we have to do it. So he, so, so we're like, oh, all right. So then this dude, like all these dudes get out and they like start like picking apart like the like six feet before you pop pretty much, and they take out the the a slab of of concrete. So like we wow. you can't skate it. So chances? we're like, yeah, we're like, dude, we just bonded it and like now we can't skate it so i think for like a day we were like oh how long until like the cement dries and he's like oh like maybe a day like so we're like all right so we kept going back to it like periodically like that night to see if like (laughs) it would dry and then it like Mm kind of it kind of dried and then i think it rained so it was like weird and then the next day we go back and it's like oh no you know what happened we they didn't replace it they just took it out they took it out so then the next day we're like all right the next day we're like okay we can go back and shane's like yeah we're gonna go to home depot we're gonna get measuring tape we're gonna get shovels we're gonna get everything and we're gonna like put wood there and make it like perfect so it's fine so he's like we're gonna skate this thing so the next day our mission was i'm like on we're like on the phone with shane and he's got a tape measure and we're at home depot and he's like okay like it's nine inches deep and like i don't know (laughs) and he's giving us measurements and I'm over it at this point. I'm like, I don't even want to skate the rail, but like he like is still just like really wanting to skate this rail. So yeah. So then we, we go to Home Depot, we buy all the wood, we buy everything. And then we come back, we set it up and it's just like janky. The hole wasn't, the hole wasn't like completely like level. It was like nine inches on this end and then like four inches on this end. So it was, dude, we spent probably like three hours trying to get it like perfect and we finally get it pretty perfect to where we we start doing like 50 50s again and we're like ah like i think it's like okay and then the cement mm. truck pulls back up and is <laughs> like oh we're gonna like fill it we're gonna fill it back in and we're like dude <laughs> all right so then they fill it back in then the following day it was perfect we just bonded it again and then we got to skate it and that's when he did the big swim front nose but that was like my first i think that was my first trip with shane maybe so i was kind of like whoa this dude's really persistent like he's like really crazy with like tricks and you know if he thinks he can do a trick he's gonna do anything it takes to to like possibly do it so that's so sick i didn't know that yeah that he was that crazy with it but makes sense i guess yeah but yo honestly that rail i remember that the heel flip crook and big spin front nose that rail does not seem good enough to motivate me to like want to fly somewhere <laughs> just to skate that like it's pretty random little dusty rail <laughs> like, yeah i know i think he he just has like bucket list tricks that he's like oh i think like if i get there like maybe i could do this and then i, I think like the big spin front nose was kind of him just like ah, i have to get something because we like right it, yeah. we did we did this you know but yeah yeah that i feel like he usually 
goes to China when he needs to do one of them fucking NBDs. His OG switch flip back nose blunt and shit. Like, just finds a little perfect rail out there with Johnny Tang and just gets it done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he just went out there too. So I'm like, I'm curious what. Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm curious what he was trying to do. What's he up to? Sure. Yeah, we'll see. You're in a sword fight. The first sword fight of your life. Your opponent is way better than you. And in less than a second, he chops off one of your arms. That's it. You're fucked. Your life might be over next. But out of nowhere, someone shows up, sews on a new arm faster than the speed of light. And while he does this, he also knees your opponent in the nuts. And now he's down and you can easily behead him with your new arm and move on with your new life. That person is CHPO. CHPO brand. Always doing it for the people. The worldwide leader in sunglasses and watches. Ronnie, can you tell us about the time there was a jackhammer and a lightning storm? What was going on? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. All right. So this is like probably similar to uh, what I just explained with Shane, but this is myself now. <laughs> uh, dude, this, this wasn't even a spot that I had like wanted to skate, but uh, yeah, I was on a trip in Texas to like Dallas Fort Worth zone. And, uh, yeah, Frankie Heck kind of like holds down that zone. So he was like showing us around and, um, he took me, he took us to a spot. It's at a school and it's like a, it's just like an over rail into a bank that, um, people skate. And, uh, we were kind of just like, I think we were just like hungry to just like work on a spot. I don't like, I don't know what we were really doing, but we, yeah. So like we get there and we're like going to skate this over rail into bank and then, Dan Stolling is with us and like Dan is like the man when it comes to working on spots and just like there's it's a there's a no excuse program like if there's a crack it's gone before you even mention it you know like anything so um yeah so we get there and like the rail I don't know how to describe it like the rail that you go over is goofy backside into the bank and then it kind of like L's off at the top so like you could like tail drop off the rail into the bank if you wanted to so you could ollie over the rail into the bank, like from flat, like at the uh, top, yeah. At the top, yeah. So people have done that. It's not like super tall. It's definitely like, like it's a high ollie. But there's a a bunch of poles in front of this, like the the top rail, and one of them was like bent a little bit, and it was like bent to the left, and not really enough to be a pole jam and like it's facing the wrong way. But for some reason, like Frankie, we like walked over to it and we're like, man, like imagine like if it was just pointed at the rail and you could pole jam like over the rail into the bank, like how, how mm-hmm. sick would that be? And like, we're like just sitting there talking about it and we're like, yeah, like it could be kind of cool. And I think like we were both like, yeah, like we could do it like for sure. Like, like if it, if it was like that, we could do it, you know? And then, uh, Dan like kind of heard us and he's like, no, we could definitely, we could definitely make that possible. So we're like, "Mm." (laughs) we're like, all right. And at this point it's like nice out and we're just, it's hot. We're just like, all right. Yeah. Like let's like, uh, Frankie, like, let's see if your dad could come here and like, maybe like hit into it with his truck and kind of move it. So Frankie's dad shows up and he's like, so (laughs) down, he's down for anything. So he was like, yeah. So he like ties a, 
First, he tries backing into it like nothing. Doesn't even budge. And then, like, I think he ties a, a strap around it and tries to, like, pull it. Doesn't budge. He's just, like, peeling out in the parking lot. Can't, can't move this thing at all. So now, like, his dad's involved. Dan's involved. Frankie's involved. I'm there. And then, like, some homies are involved, too. So everybody's like, yeah, let's, like, get this thing skatable so ronnie can pole jam it <laughs> and i'm like, so i'm like yeah like i'll pole jam it and then uh this um dude it turned into like so, this pole was like so far down into the ground like I, we thought like oh and then we got sledgehammer so we're like hitting it and we're like oh it's not moving at all and we kind of like started breaking up the ground around it and like kind of got it to like sort of turn a little bit and we're like oh my god it's possible so, like, the whole entire time, it was just, like, a carrot kind of, like, getting yeah. dangled where, we're like, yeah. we, would, we would get it a little bit closer to being, like, skatable. And then, yeah, it was just, like, pouring rain. But, like, like that night, it was, like, a thunderstorm. It was midnight because we, we went there to, like, we're, like, oh, let's go back because it's a school. So, we're, like, let's go back and, like, at midnight and try to, like, bring shovels and more stuff that we can, like, try to break up the you know, everything. Yeah. So then Dan was like, dude, this just like, isn't working. Let's go get a jackhammer. Let's just go to Home Depot and buy and rent a jackhammer. And I'm like, you can do that. I didn't know you, I didn't know you can do that. So we go and we, we rent a jackhammer and we like come back to the school (laughs) and it's pouring rain. Like I have videos of it. And like Frankie's dad is in a poncho, like jackhammer in this, like, uh, and I'm like scooping all the water out. And like, at this point it's like, I I don't even think I was thinking about skating it. I was more so just like stubborn about (laughs) this, like, just this thing not being skatable. And uh, yeah, we just jackhammer all the way down. We come back the next day, jackhammer some more because it was like really wet. So it was super hard to get the hole to like get drained and everything. So the next day, do we jackhammered for probably another like two or three hours. Jeez. And then uh, we got it like pretty good to where we could like kind of wiggle the pole and we turn it. And then like Frankie's dad like backs into a little bit. So it's like more of a pole jam. And then like we Dan cemented like around the pole jam. So it's literally perfect. It's just like pole jam over a rail into a bank. So we did do it. It took like three days though. And it was more so, I think just like a, like, what if, like, what if we could get this thing? Like, Jesus. Yeah. Skatable. So yeah, we were using a jackhammer and a thunderstorm and uh, (laughs) we had a generator and, and everything that it was crazy. We all we all knew it was crazy. Did you did you get the clip? No, I didn't. This, oh. this is this is like <laughs> I know. So this I, I was gonna save this for like the biggest bunt because this was like oh, okay, definitely okay. Oh. like my this was my biggest bunt. You know, like I, I we were there and it was like what if and I'm like yeah I think I think I could do it and then like yeah I like rode up to it a few times and like. I think I tried like one and it was just like, not like, dude, it's, it's so gnarly. Like someone, someone could do it. Someone for sure could do it, but not me. I'm not a pole jammer like that. (laughs) It's there for someone now, man. It's definitely there. Yeah. I I, want to like visualize this. I want to see it. I do. Yeah. I have a picture. need to see that. That sounds epic. Frankie Hex dad sounds like a legend too. Oh yeah. Oh, he's the, yeah, he's a man. He's like, uh, Dude, yeah, he'll he's down for anything. He'll come out after work and like he'll help Bondo stuff. He'll he'll cut rails. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He's he's epic. Hell yeah, fucking legend. And shout out to Frankie's last part. I can't remember if we were on the air at the time that it came out, but whew, that shit was so sick. It was dope. That part was awesome. You had the privilege of staying at Jaws House in Arizona, man. How was that experience? And what's the legend of Jaws like? <laughs> 
Yeah, Jaws is really sick. I I didn't uh I didn't know him before this, but yeah, we we went to um Phoenix just for like a long weekend kind of and uh yeah, it was sick. He was getting he was getting ready for a uh for like a DJ tour or like a DJ he was going he got invited to go on like a cruise or something. And he he was going to like DJ the cruise. I don't know, something like that. So like yeah, we would be like me and Dan like shared a room and uh in in Jaws's house and we were just there like hanging out and then we would just hear him like in the living room just like playing crazy like dubstep club music just like just him just him in his living room yeah it was sick (laughs) yeah Jaws is preparing his second career eh that's I think so yeah he was he was he was getting his set together for the for the cruise love that walk third after his uh appearance on the new jackass man (laughs) yeah He's doing it all. You can only jump down 20s for so long before you got to hit the booth, man. Yeah. Get locked in the stew. Yeah. So he came up already, but you're good friends with Jake Darwin, friend of the show who's helped us with questions in the past. What's the, uh, and you alluded to him being a funny, awesome dude. What's the funniest Jake story you got for us, man? There's a lot. There's been, there's so many, but like, I feel like anytime like a trip is kind of like hitting like a, like a, like a lull sort of where it's not like as like high energy, you know, as like it, as it could be, he's the savior, the absolute savior. So like, yeah, there's been like a few times where like he'll, yeah, he'll like play games of skate with people or something. And like, he's like the kind of person that like, if his toe drags or if something happens, it, he he like he's like no it didn't no it didn't it was, like it wasn't me like it didn't it didn't happen like it was it was it was perfect like but if somebody else's toe drags you know it's like redo redo like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've seen him like play Utah in games of skate and Shane in games of skate and it's usually just like hilarious yeah I don't know just I can't think of a specific one I, I should but uh, he's just like yeah he always he always is like kind of the the best dude to have around I think like. Yeah, best dude to room with too. He's he's like he'll get up early and and like like I've gone on trips with him and and he's like I think like when we went to Australia together. He like he's the kind of person that like when he does something he he doesn't just like kind of do it. He like is really into it. So like he's like super into going to the gym in the morning. That's like been his thing for the last couple of years. And like he'll go run like so when we go on trips, he's waking me up like, hey, like, let's go. We're going down to the gym. Like, let's go to the gym. Like, so like, yeah, we'll be going down to the gym. Like when we were in Australia, like every morning and, and like, I'm just at the spot, like later, like sore. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> cause I worked out with him in the morning, <laughs> but yeah, he's, Looking he's legend. the best. We heard you used to have a cougar for a landlord that would try to hook up with you or other skaters in the skate house a while back. While that may sound like a dream, it could also be a nightmare. What's the story there? Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know who gave you this one, but this one's like, this one's really good. Yeah, we were looking for a place um, in Long Beach, me and my two homies. Yeah, my homie Steak and my homie Christian. We just like, we're we're looking for places like left and right. Couldn't really like find one. And my my lease was about to end. So it needed to like happen quick. And uh, every place we went to, we kind of just were getting beat out by by families and and whatnot and then this one like epic house in in a really nice part of long beach yeah gave our gave the our resume to the lady and she was just instantly like oh yeah like you're cute like it's all good like you're and, like no credit check nothing so like we were like stoked because we were like oh thank god like we got a place and it's like 
really nice. It's in a good spot. And, um, yeah, we were stoked. And then, yeah, as we like, as like nights went on, like she kind of would, cause our, it was like our house was like a front house and she had the back house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she would kind of like just every now and then, like every, she, every night, pretty much she would come home hammered and like she was older okay. and, um, yeah, so she would like come home and then she would kind of like just as she was passing us to go to her house, she would like just stop on our front porch and we would always hang out on our front porch. And uh, yeah, before we, we knew it, she would be like in our house and she'd be like sitting on the couch with us and just like, so like you guys are so young and you're so cute and like this and that. And like, and then she was like in my one home, he's like, like trying to go into his room and like trying to like wow. get in bed with him. And, he, and he's just like, ah, like no, because like. Yeah, it was always like an ongoing joke where like, you know, who's who's going to do it? Like, who's going to like, yeah, nothing ever happened. But yeah, she often like a lot. She would she would uh, come over and just like, yeah, just pop in and like never like she didn't care about anything. Like we put a dartboard up and like there was like holes in the wall from all the darts like on our porch. Like she did. She was just like, oh, that's awesome. Like that is so cool. Like She did not care. But yeah, she definitely would come over and like. Yeah, flirt and just try to like get my one homie Christian to like yeah go back to like her house and stuff. Like it was just crazy. Damn, how old was she? And was she attractive or was it just too close to home? Yeah, too close to home for sure for for me. But yeah, I think she was probably like I don't know, late fifties, maybe sixty. Damn. Yeah, pro- I think like late fifties, maybe because her daughter w- was was like our age, so. Yeah. 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 So it was like pretty crazy. Like her daughter came over one time because she, I guess her mom told her daughter like, go just like, she just showed up one day, knocked on the door and was like, Hey, like, let's hang out. (laughs) And we were like, who are you? (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was a pretty crazy, I think the longer it went on, we kind of just like got started getting like kind of annoyed. Like, I mean, they still live there. They, my two homies still live there. So I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if they, if it's the same situation now, but right about when I left for sure it was so. You need an update on that story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I should. I should ask them. So you've been dropping fire clips and all the all the April edits, but the people are waiting for that full ass Ronnie part, man. When's it coming? What's the latest, man? I'm hoping by the end of the year. We'll see. I'm just yeah. I'm working on a New Balance part. Been working on it for a while, and like those dudes have been like really cool with giving me a, a lot of time to to just kind of like get it to where. I want it to be and where it should be and yeah but it's been cool I've been like able to to travel a bunch for it and kind of just what I'm doing right now like just I'm on I get to come to the east coast and and just kind of skate where where I grew up which is my favorite place to be pretty much so yeah just still working on it it's pretty much done just like trying to get the last couple tricks for it so yeah I'm hoping like by the end of the year hell yeah man can you tell us a bit about your uh, cross-continental trip you just did and some of the cities you hit on the way yeah, we just went, we started in LA and then we left, went through, where did we go? Went through like Vegas and uh, we didn't really do too much skating like on the West Coast. I think it was super hot when we were when we were driving through. And then we stopped in, for some reason, I don't know why, 
St. Louis was where we were like, all right, we're going to just skate here. So, so we like, we <laughs> stayed like three days in St. Louis and it was 109 those three days. But for some reason oh. that was like, I think there was like a, there was a couple spots there that I like really wanted to check out. But yeah, so we stayed in St. Louis and, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I had never really like spent time there before just driven through. So it was, it was cool to like see some of those spots. And then, uh, from there we went to Chicago and then, didn't really know where to go next and that's when i uh yeah dm'd justin and uh he was our he was our he was our savior he he uh he holds down detroit so it was cool to to go it was cool to go to detroit and yeah just get to stay with him and uh, yeah not he was awesome for not even like knowing him and just messaging him like the night before and him just being like so uh so down for us to just come to come crash at his house and like hang out with him and his cats and yeah just take us to spots it was so sick so hell yeah yeah it was epic and then yeah after detroit we stayed there for we stayed there for for 10 days and it was 10 days for one trick so we just yeah we just like oh damn I went to one spot the whole first trip in detroit i didn't go to any other spots so damn. i i uh yeah, I went to the same spot pretty much every day. And then, um, yeah, and then uh, after that, uh, we left and then just kind of went to New Jersey after that. And then uh, we ended up going back to Detroit a couple days later and uh, spent another 10 days there. But this time I, I got to skate, like, a lot of the stuff that was in the city. So <laughs> that was... I can't uh, wait to see the part, man. Yeah, what was yeah. the one 10-day spot? We, we don't need to know the clip, but what, what was the spot? a spot that i don't even justin didn't even like know about it until because i told him i was like hey i'm specifically looking for like like a a goofy backside angle iron ledge that doesn't end and that's kind of tall and he was Mm -hmm. like he was like ah i don't know like and i watched his video and i watched a couple other things and this spot is not in those videos and um he just I remember we stayed the first night and then the next night he woke up and he was just like, what about this? And he showed me a photo of this ledge and I was like, dude, that's it. That's it. Because the whole drive across the country, I had been looking for a specific ledge. So like, Mm. so that's why I went to St. Louis because they have this ledge at this, uh, the blind school there that, um, Suchu does like a 50, 50 kickflip back tail. It goes like, it's like angle iron. It goes like ledge and then up ledge. I think Trevor Thompson Mm. also does like a 50, 50, like Nolly nose grind pop out. But yeah, so we went there, but the weather was just kind of crazy. And then uh, I checked out this one in Chicago and uh, just kind of wasn't really the one. And then, um, yeah, that one in Detroit just seemed to be promising. So yeah, we just uh, battled every day pretty much. And then, yeah, when we went back the second time, it was a lot more fun because I got to just like, yeah, I got to actually see like the spots. Yeah, the spots in his video. And and it was cool because we got to skate Hart Plaza. We didn't get to skate Hart the previous trip because they had like a, a festival going on. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But Hart, wow. is, Hart is dope. Hart is really sick. Yeah. So I was stoked to get to skate it's that. got all sorts of shit there. Yeah, it was fun. So, Ronnie, you're a new dog owner. How did you come up on a French bulldog for free, man? <laughs> <laughs> Random. Again, I was on a trip in Texas. And, uh, yeah, my homie down there, he runs a geometric skate shop, uh, George, George Villa Gomez. Yeah. He like breeds Frenchies. I think he's got like a, a few different friends that like, they all, they all are like in on it and yeah. So he breeds Frenchies and 
I went to Texas and I was staying, I think in an Airbnb. And then I extended my trip just a week. Cause I freaked, there was a trick I think I wanted to try. And, um, I just stayed at his house for like the extra week. And, uh, he had like, he had just had two litters of Frenchies. So they were like real little, they were just puppies and they were in his house, like in like a, he had like plywood, like cut into like a box kind of. So they were all just sitting in this little box and, uh, I would like stay on the couch and stuff. And I, so I was right next to them. So like every single night I was just like taking videos of them and playing with them and stuff. And there was one that I, I like, he was my dude. So I just like <laughs> would take him out at, at night and just like, he'd sit on my lap, but he was like shaking. He was like, so li- they were like so tiny. They were probably like five, five, six weeks old, maybe. Yeah. And then like end of the trip, he was like four hours before my flight. He was like, you know, you can, you could take him if you want. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could, I could have a dog. Like, then I'm like looking at him and he's just sitting there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like my girlfriend had been talking to me for a while about like trying to maybe get a dog. But I was like, I don't know. Like I leave a lot on trips and stuff and I'm not sure. But um, yeah, he got to me. So I, I uh, took him. Yeah, he like, I was like, oh, no, I can't take him home. I don't have a, I don't have a carrier. Like I can't put him in a carrier. And then like, of course, George is like, uh, I might have one. And then like an hour later, he like found one in his garage at like the bottom of the, oh, the closet. And, uh, yeah, he brought a, brought a carrier out and I was on the plane with him back to, back to LA. <laughs> What's the little one's name, man? Uh, his name's Ash. Nice. Yeah. He's just like a little, like uh gray. He's like a, a little lilac and tan Frenchie. So yeah, he's, he's dope. It's cool because people like see him on the street and stuff, and I think they think like they're like what? The first thing a lot of they're like, how much was he? How much was he? And I'm just like, man, like he was a <laughs> gift. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. You and Ish been boys for a long time now. We know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but how was your guys' trip to Vegas, man? We've been to Vegas. We've been to Vegas a few times. I, we haven't gone in a while, actually. I think we, uh, I think we like wore it out. <laughs> but yeah, we went to Vegas. We went to Vegas a couple times and like, I think the first time that I went, I went with him and Darwin actually. I think maybe I was like 22 or something. So I hadn't gambled before anything. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we all, we just have different, it's funny when you go to like a casino with your, with homies. Cause like, I think everybody like their, their true like self comes out maybe or something. I don't know. Like everybody, <laughs> like when money's involved, like, and it's serious, people are like a little different. I like ish, like loves to just disappear and go to like another casino and gamble by himself. That's like mm. what, like when he's down, he, he just dips. He goes, I'm like, where's Ish? He's just at another casino trying to like win it, win it all back. And then Darwin is like a savage. Like he, if he loses like 500, he'll just like put a thousand, put 500 down. Like he, he, oh, just, like, my God. he needs it back. Yeah, he's gnarly. And uh, I think that first trip, I didn't know how to like, I still don't really, but I didn't really know how to play anything except blackjack. So I like was just sitting at the the low, like, I don't know if it was $10, $15 buy-in, like blackjack table, like the whole night. And I was up and I won like, I think I won like 12 or 1300 bucks. Oh, and uh, yeah, it was my first time. So I was like, oh, Vegas is awesome. I love this place. And I think Ish (laughs) and Darwin were both down like two grand or something. So they were down like so much and uh they were so bummed and that was the first night we were supposed to stay like i think three nights because we it was our friend's birthday yeah. and uh yeah the next day like they were like 
so pissed in the room and stuff. And then like the next day, I think like they woke up and they were just like, let's go, let's leave. Like we're over it. And I was like, what? Like, I'm having like, I'm like, I'm having the best time ever. And then like, cause I, I drove and I think they were just like, no, Ish was looking at flights. He's like, I'm going to fly home. I'm, I'm over this. Like, so uh, yeah, we ended up leaving like two days early or something, but it was fun. And then, yeah, we did another Vegas trip. Uh, and this was like probably right, right around when COVID had like just started. So like, I think people were getting it, but like, at this point in time, I don't know if people like really knew what it was. Right. And man, I can't even remember. I'm like so bad at this, like what time of year that was. But I remember it being like really hot because we went to Vegas. It was me, Darwin, Ish, and uh, Darwin's fiance now, uh, AC. And um, yeah, we went there and like we, the whole plan was like, oh, we're gonna go for like two days and just like sit by the pool. It's gonna be hot. We're gonna like go gamble a little bit. Yeah, we went and I, I was out by the pool all day and then I got back to the room and I kind of felt like crazy. Like I thought I had like sun poisoning or sunburn or something. And yeah, and then I just woke up like feeling insane, like so crazy. And I was like, I don't feel good at all. And I kind of just stayed in the hotel room like that whole night, that whole day. And uh, then we just left and I was so sick on the way home, just like just out of it, just like, yeah, crazy fever. But I thought I still thought like I was like, oh, I have sun poisoning. That's like what happens. And yeah. uh yeah, and then I got got home, and then my uh, oh, my homie Christian went with me too. Can't believe I forgot that. My homie Christian went with me, and then when we got back, my homie Christian, who I used to live with at that house, he got sick too. Like the next, like two days later or something, and I was like, oh, whoa, so maybe it's not sun poisoning. And then like we were both so sick for like a week, and I think maybe like they had just come out with with tests at that point i'm not i can't really remember and then i think we got tested and we both yeah we both had covid and then uh mm. yeah we like told ish and then ish got covid and then darwin like got like he like got covid for like one day he was like he like woke up and was like <laughs> he said he woke up and just looked in the mirror and was like oh my god i'm sick and like was just sore and then like was completely fine the next day went running like was just chilling <laughs> and then uh his girlfriend was completely fine she didn't ac didn't get sick at all so yeah, I got sick, but I think I got sick from the night before we went to Vegas because uh, there was like a party at Zion's house. It was like Zion and Jamie's old house, and uh, they were doing like a like a go away. Like they got rid of their they were moving out, and they had like a one last like party. And I think mm-hmm. I heard like a lot of people from that party had just had like got COVID, and that was like right when it like had started. So I think people like yeah maybe knew like they shouldn't have been hanging out, but like kind of. Just, just we're like, ah, one last time kind of thing. And yeah, like, like everybody got sick. Like Pedro Delfino, I think Zion, like I think everybody got sick. But um, every, yeah, we, we were all fine, but yeah. The moral of the story is you're still up in Vegas, so you should go to Vegas. That's, no, I'm definitely not up, dude. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was first, the first time. That, yeah, that first trip, like that was the first trip and then that was the last trip was when I got COVID. But um. <laughs> There were some trips in between for sure where we went and I was thinking it was just going to be the same thing and it was oh, definitely shit. not. Yeah. So I think I'm definitely down. I'm, I'm, I'm down. All right. All right. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So can you tell us the story about the element camp and the tent night of Satan's fear? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we... I miss that place. We used to go up there a lot, but yeah, there's like a zone in the back of element camp and it's, uh, 
It's like the EAs, the, the elemental awareness zone. I'm not sure what they call it now. It's kind of the area where they would like teach kids like how to make a fire and like how to build shelter and, and things like that. Just primitive skills. And uh, so it's kind of like in the back, like tucked away in the, in the woods. And um, that year, I think there was like a, I think that was an element make it count contest that was happening. And we went up. I got invited to like go up a couple days early to help like set up and get the camp ready. And I think camp hadn't started that year yet. So like no one had really been up there. And uh, yeah, I think there was four of us. I think it was like myself, Tom. Yeah, it's dude Tom, dude Todd and Dylan, Christopher. And uh, yeah, we all had like our own tents. We had four tents. We were kind of like spread out. We were We were pretty spread out. We were like maybe like, maybe 10, 15 feet away from each other. And we were like in a straight line. And uh, yeah, I've never been scared camping before ever. Like I, I always was, I don't know. I would leave the door op- the, to open to the tent. Like I did not care. I would sleep outside on the floor. Like I did not care. And uh, for some reason that night, like we were, we were, de- we were by the campfire and somebody like we, you could see, you could look up and see like the, the ridge, like up there where the road was. And we were kind of like in a valley that's, mm-hmm. and, uh, there was like a, a car up top that kind of kept stopping and we, they, we would hear like, like claps or something. And then they would drive a little bit more and then more claps and then drive a little bit more. And we were like, Oh, that's weird. And then like, they came all the way down to the camp, I guess. And so like 15 minutes later, they came up next to us and we're like, Hey, like, just so you know, there, there was like a, like a male mountain lion that like dipped down into camp and oh so so just like keep your eyes out but there's only like four of us there and then like that dude who just like was like the groundskeeper or something i don't know and uh i none of that stuff ever bothered me but for some reason that night i was like oh man like this is sketchy like we're the only people up here and there's like a mountain lion that's around like i don't know and then we yeah we got (laughs) so we just sit there we like fire goes out whatever so we like go to bed and like I'm having a really hard time falling asleep. I'm like I'm like tossing and turning, and uh, I I like finally fall asleep. And I don't know what time it is. Maybe like three in the morning or something. And I just hear like a, like like some something like huge like run past my tent and like like rub up against rub up against the back of my tent. And it's like oh fuck. And I woke up and was just like like my eyes were like wide open and like my heart was pounding, and I and I was like oh my God, it's a mountain lion. That's what I thought, like first thing, because that's what I had just been told. So I'm like, oh my God, there's a mountain lion. So I'm just not moving a muscle. And this thing is like taking like big steps. Like it like passed my tent in like one stride. Like it was like one stride, it was already. And then 30 seconds later, I hear like the other guys scream like super loud. Oh, Like they're all like, ah, like yelling so loud. And so I think what happened was I think I was the last one to wake up because it like came in by the other end by them and then like circled around me. So by the time I woke up, they had already known that it was around and were trying to like scare it off, whatever it was. And uh, this whole time I'm still thinking like, oh my God, it's a mountain lion. And I'm like, oh, like it's a, it's a big cat. Like they don't, they're hunt, they, they'll like, they're not scared. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was like laying there and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And then it starts like, it starts like taking like some deep breaths and kind of like circling back around us. And it starts like, I hear it charging like back towards like where it came in, like towards my tent. And it starts like running towards my tent. And I'm like, 
everybody yell, everybody yell, everybody yell. So then everybody starts yelling again. And I'm on my, I'm on my hands and my knees in my tent, like yelling at the ground, like as loud as I possibly can. And, uh, I'm like, dude, I'm going to die. Like, I'm just like a fish in a net pretty much like this thing can just do whatever it wants. And then it kind of like circled, circled around us maybe like two or three times, but it felt like forever. Like it felt like so long. And then, uh, yeah. And then it slowly kind of like walked away and kind of like clawed one of the trees maybe or something like right near us. And then like, just kind of like, it got like more and more faint. So then I was so freaked out. I'm like, yo, Tom, like, I'm like, dude, we, we got to go to a cabin. We got to get to a cabin. And the cabin is like up the hill. It's kind of far. So I'm like, oh. I'm like, dude, let's count to three and let's just run as fast as we can to this cabin. Cause I'm like, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't stay out here. So, so me and, uh, oh. So Dylan and Todd, they stayed out there in, in the tent like, all night. And then me and Tom, we just like booked it to the, to the nearest cabin. And then I was seriously up all night, though, just like staring out the window. I, I didn't fall asleep. I was just like so shook. Hell. And, and then the next day is when it, it was a bear. That's like in the morning we saw like it, like its tracks and stuff. It was, it was like a bear. Um, Jesus. So, but yeah, I thought it was a mountain lion. So I was like. Not that a bear is any less scary, but I yeah, you're like, oh, it's a bear, it's all good. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> I was so shook. I was like, oh my god, I was like, man, that's like the scariest thing that's, I think ever. So I, so even now today, like ever since that experience, I've gone up there a couple times since, and I've camped, and like it's hard for me to fall asleep for sure. I'm like I'm a light sleeper up there. I'm like on my toes. I'm kind of listening yeah. to to everything, but yeah, you got bear mace in both hands, dude. That was scary. Fuck, that's, that's terrifying, dude. That's fucked. Switching gears a bit, we heard you're a black belt in Taekwondo. Have you ever had to release those skills in the wild? Maybe bust them out on a mountain lion or a bear if you have to. Yeah, I yeah, I used to train a bunch in uh, yeah. My my family really like my mom's a black belt as well. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, she's a black belt. She has a dude on her car. Her license plate says Ninja. So she's <laughs> she's about it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we used to train a bunch. Um, my brother like still trains a lot. He's he's like real big into jujitsu, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. So I just I did like taekwondo for oh man, like probably like thirteen years or fourteen years, something like that. So yeah, I trained for a while, and then I yeah I got into jujitsu for like two three years and Muay Thai and stuff. And I that uh, was like towards the end of high school, and and then I kind of graduated and just. Uh, yeah, that's when I moved out, so I stopped doing it. I still like I want to I want to start training again. It was awesome, but yeah, no, I haven't had to had to like release these the skills. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only keep it in the gym, eh? Yeah. So bears and fighting skills aside, man, what's next for Ronnie Kessner, my guy? I don't know. I'm just gonna keep trying to finish this video part and yeah, take like the next like month to really try to like yeah get into it and get it finished and then um i think in november there's a thailand i think i'm going to thailand in november there's like a new balance trip that they're doing yeah and then i think just uh yeah next year coming up not really too sure what's going on i think right now that's just kind of all all i've been really looking forward to is this, this thailand trip yeah sounds beast man yo 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 it's rapid fire with the ghost and this week, it's an honor to be brought to you by Real Skateboards, my favorite boards in the game. The newest pro in their dugout, the one and only Patrick Promen. Patrick's Cathedral Series 8.5 deck is hitting skate shops 
everywhere, including Crush Skate Shop in DC, Purdue Skate Shop in Thailand, Cardinal in Virginia, Spot in Tampa, and Native in the UK. Go get yours after watching his real part again and tell him the bun sent you. You heard? It's prominent, baby. You already know. We nolly healing into everything. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, Ronnie, you know what time it is, bruv. A little rapid fire. <laughs> you ready to make some waves out here? Let's get into it. <laughs> Favorite skater? Shodware. Favorite video? Uh, Ride the Sky. Oof. Favorite video part? Shod Chronicles 2. Favorite style? This one changes a lot for me. I feel like I like kind of pick one person and then I'll sort of like watch everything that they put out and then I'll have another person and I feel like right now Bobby DeKaiser is kind of like the one I've been like watching a lot of the stuff Damn. I really I, I really like that Paris project that he put out with Ben Shadorn hell yeah mm. that, that part was epic which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate I'm gonna say a couple I'm gonna say like kind of like the whole like rain skate shop team when I when I was younger like yeah the, like I said earlier like all those X Park edits and stuff, but anytime those dudes would put out footage, it was like, yeah, it was just like I wanted to just do exactly what they were doing. Like Shad, Tom, uh, Chris Cole, Julian Heller, Ed Duff, Shane Colville, all those dudes. Hell yeah! Forgot about Ed Duff, kickback board, Hollywood sixteen. Let's go. Yep. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Shane for that one. Favorite trick? Kickflip. Hardest trick for you? Any nollie heel trick. Nollie front heel, nollie inward heel, those two are like so hard. I'd, I avoid them at all costs. <laughs> Most illegal trick? Yeah, like late shove it's over, yeah, over bump to bars, I think. I'd rather just see like, I'd rather just see like just a nice ollie. ollie. Yeah. Just ollie it. Yeah, just ollie yeah. it or 180 it or. Or just leave it. Yeah, just leave it. <laughs> just don't skate it. Like, it's fine. You can't do anything. It's okay. <laughs> all good yeah. yo that's the classic i bring yeah. this one up when people say that just because it's like one of the only ones i've ever enjoyed was ashad did an ollie like late back shove on a bump oh bar. he did he he did i know the one yeah, yeah. and like i don't know it's him he just his style's too good he, could, he gets a pass on most shit i know i know this always goes back to like yeah there's just stuff that like Maybe yeah, I just think I, I I can't I can't pull off, but like yeah, I, I shot I could do anything, and I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, I'm not even disagreeing it. with you. I don't like seeing late shoves over bump the bars either, but that one always stuck out as like sick. Yeah. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I do like a back three sixty kick flip over like this channel gap oh, spot. Yeah. It's like crazy two white banks in the April video, and I feel like uh, yeah, I think that like at the time I think that one was like. It felt good. I was like, I was hyped, and it was like right towards the end of filming, I think. So like when we got it, I was like, oh, cool, like that's good. Yeah, probably probably that one. Yeah, the thing looks buck. Big spin gap back tail. It was nutty too. Yeah, that was insane. Nolly cab flip too. Yeah, crazy. Same video. Worst trend you've been a part of? When I was younger, I used to wear. Uh, I used to wear like sweatbands on my wrists because Chris Cole. I, I like <laughs> <Yeah>. thought. Of, <laughs> That's I think sick. I, I think I had like one Damn. red red one and like one black one and Yo. yeah, I would just I thought it was so sick. <laughs> yeah, I need to see a clip That's of sick. that man. That's epic. Yeah. yeah, I was little. I was yeah, I was probably like nine, ten. 
That's so far. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? I was in North Carolina on a trip a long time ago. I was probably like 15, 16 maybe. And like we went to that, you know that 16 stair in Durham? It's like the one Trevor Colden switch healed. It's massive. Weimer, Chris Weimer fronts I flipped it. Oh, yeah, and slip-ons. Yes, I was there that day. <laughs> and it was like, it was just crazy to watch. It, he might have done it in like five or six tries. It was so quick, and it was perfect. And it was like, I think I had known him, but uh, that was one of like the f- first couple times I think I had met him. So like when I, when I saw that go down, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is just like on a whole other planet. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Epic. What's the one trick that got away? I'm gonna say this because I think it's I think it's maybe gotten away. I don't know. I might get to try it one more time. But <laughs> I I just went to Muni earlier today actually to kind of just check out what's going on there because they've been tearing it down. Um, but I've been trying to to back through sixty kickflip the bump to can there, Whoa. and uh, I've come I've come pretty close. But I just. Uh, yeah, that was like last summer when I had tried it, and uh, yeah, we got a couple sticks, but just no no roll away. And then uh, yeah, this this morning actually we just went and looked to see what the deal is with it because a lot of the tiles are gone, but it's still skatable. So like the can is so mm-hmm. just like less just less run up. So who knows? Maybe 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 One last this, rip. maybe I'll give it a couple tries this month. We'll see. But yeah, yeah I don't. I'm not too it. sure. Hope to see that in your part, man. Thanks. I'll try. <laughs> What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? <laughs> I already said it, man. I think I, I think that that pole jam story is pretty. Uh, yeah, myself, that's, I threw myself under the bus amazing. for that one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was bad. What's the last new trick you learned? I've been doing a lot of uh, fakie back tails lately, and I just did like a fakie flip back tail the other day, and uh, I've been wanting to learn that for a while. So I did a couple, and they felt pretty good. So I want to try to. Yeah, maybe film one soon. Sick. Like like a nolly flip front nose, fakey? Yeah, like a nolly flip front nose. Sick. It's a good one. What's your dream job after skating? I don't know. I kind of go back and forth with this a bunch. I think uh, I like spending a lot of time in, in cafes and stuff. I feel like I find myself doing that a lot. <laughs> so uh, it'd be sick to, like, yes, yeah, I don't know, start some type of cafe or something like that maybe. Sick. Be cool. Favorite local brand? Kinetic. Kinetic Skate Shop and uh, the Shack Skate Shop. Those are my two really good homies. So, favorite local skater? I'm gonna go Mark Humanick with this one. Oh yeah. I know he's been on. I know he's been on the pod before, but uh, yeah. I grew up skate. I grew up skating with him, so he's like, he's dope. And also, my homie Steve, Steve Cardi. He's just he's hilarious to have around on the session. He's just like a ball of energy. Hell yeah! Shout out Human Neck, man. Beast. Yep. Favorite teammate ever. I'm going to say Darwin, dude. Like, he's just always, like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just cool because uh, we get to go on, like, April trips and New Balance trips. So I feel like I get to spend the most time with him. Like, we we room together all the time. And, like, he's just down for whatever. And, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's like, they're all, like, so sick, everybody. Like, but uh, I probably bro down the most with Darwin, I think, for sure, on trips. He's just, like, he's the man. Sick. Sounds like we got to get him on the pod one of these days. Sounds like it'll be a funny interview. You really should. Yeah. It would be hilarious. Worst teammate ever. All right, I might say Grayson Fletcher. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Random, but yeah, I went on a trip with him. It was an element trip. I think it was like my first 
element trip, uh, maybe to like Boise and, uh, yeah, like do we skate? I think we skated like a demo or something that the day, that day. And like, he, he was fired up. He was awesome. He was just skating and everything was all good. It was chill. And then like that night I was, uh, in a room with like, I think ish actually was like, he was getting boards at the time. So like he was sleeping on the floor, like on the other side of the room. And I think like Julian and, and Nick were in the room as well. And then like, just heard like all this noise, like super late at night. And like, it was Grayson and he was just like bumping into everything and like came into our room and just like turned on the lights and was just like, Oh my God, like there's demons and like, I can see them. Oh, <laughs> and this was oh, like, oh. like he was just like tripping and like, I don't know. Yeah. He was like pointing at the ceiling and like, we're all, we're, I was just kind of like, Oh my God. Like I, it was so late. And I'm like, this guy's like so crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was like my first, first impression of him. I think I'm not really too sure what he's up to now, but yeah, maybe him. Where's company? Uh, like revive or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where's trend? I'm going to back it up and say like skaters vlogging. I can't really, I don't know. It's like, I think it's a trend. I don't know. I feel like more and more people are starting to do it and it, it's for like sure, for sure, yeah. kind of blowing my mind. But, but the thing is, is I'll watch it. I'll watch it too. Like I'll, I'll click on it and I'll watch the whole thing. And then I'm like, what, why did I just do that? <laughs> Worst style. I'm going to go Billy Marks. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. He's gnarly, but just anything like anyone, any mob kickflip, I'm just kind of like, ah, like yeah. I don't know. But he's dude. He is like way more control over his kickflip than I do. He's kickflip front lip in like 15 <laughs> stairs, you know. So really more. But yeah, fucking right. Last person you want on the sesh? Uh, I think just probably anyone who's just like not. Yeah, I don't know, not really down for like the mission or the craziness that I, I described or I don't know. Or someone maybe who like for doesn't have a water. That's a big pet peeve of mine. Cause like <laughs> I feel like I feel like once you're like, oh like, yeah, no, you can hit this my water. It's like a green light. So they're just like, oh okay, like yeah. And it's like my water's gone. Or like, I don't know, putting their mouth all over it or something. Yeah, I'm not really I don't really like that. <laughs> I've wow. never that's never crossed my mind, but makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, you got no water. I don't know. Oh, fuck that. All right, Ronnie, that's going to wrap up the interview, man. You killed it, bro. Thanks for coming on the show. Dude, thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Thanks, Ronnie. Legend. got mail welcome back to the post office the inbox is absolutely buzzing bruv so let's get it started who we got up first all right first up we got a little email from ezra uh shit i'm gonna butcher this one griffion wait griffion griffion i think it was that griffion Hey guys, build your dream complete from like grade six era that you could never afford and would probably hate now. I take those blind lifesaver multicolor wheels, some Black Panther bearings, maybe those Canada flag grind kings, and the Peter Smolik Alco Smolik deck. Also, Oof. I do want to hear about your fantasy teams. Thanks. Oh shit. Yeah, enough for C. <laughs> oh. 
This guy knows where to uh, where to hit us, eh? Ezra. What do you got? Shit, grade six, that's probably like when we first started skating. So like our first board, but something we actually wanted. Hmm. It's tough to think back to, but I always remember when I was when I was younger, I just loved whatever the older guy at the shop had. You know, the like the wise man working at the shop. But it was Chris McCarthy, man. That was the first guy I ever met at a skate shop working at Hogtown on Danforth. And he had the the toy machine fist board, you know, the one, the classic, mm-hmm. on some indies with some Spitfires. Like, I never had that ever. But like looking back, that was the board I wanted just because it was what he was riding. For sure. I'd probably take, honestly, like any, any World Industries Flame Boy board. Like, I would be so juiced on back then. Uh, I remember my first complete, I had Destructos. I think I just liked the Destructo ads back in the day for whatever reason. Dude, what happened to Destructo? They just got cooked. I don't know. Yeah. Probably for some like multicolor Spitfire wheels. And I forgot about Black Panther bearings, but definitely some Black Panther bearings. I like those ads too. Dude, anything Shorties was doing back then was, it was a go. Dodos, Black Panther, Black Magic grip tape. You name it, man. I was also obsessed, like, me and Cody, uh, we were obsessed with tensor trucks back then. <laughs> I needed to have that, like, slider piece. Yeah, back then, I feel like yo, Rodney epic. Mullen just made kids around our age just want to buy anything he was associated with. Just watching, like, you remember, like, early Kaza days? There'd be, like, just random clips of, oh, like, yeah. a dark slide or something, and you're just like, yo, he's the goat. And, well, he actually is and was, but, um, yeah. The good old days. Dude, anybody setting up like seven picnic benches to do some sort of insane nose manny trick and all tray out? Like, <laughs> yeah, you had my attention. Yeah, exactly. What do you want to tell them about your fantasy team, man? Not much, man. I'm so fucking fed up. I'll- Are you a buyer or a seller coming up to the deadline here in the money league? I'm pretty sure I said who my four quarterbacks were last week. I don't need to repeat that. I'm definitely a seller. Like in a two QB league, when you got Aiden O'Connell popping, uh, Kenny Pickett, shout out Steeler Nation. <laughs> uh, Luckily for you, done. you got two nice pieces to sell: an Eckler and Tyreek build for next year. Could be worse, man. I know. It just sucks. Like when your hopes already been taken away. Like the second Kirk Cousins went down, my season ended. It was a sad day. Yeah. What about you? I'm going to be a buyer coming into this deadline, obviously. <laughs> I got Jalen Hurts running the show. Just made a nice little trade for Dak Prescott to shore up my QB2 spot. I was okay there with Sam Howell. But ever since uh, Aaron Rodgers went down to start the season, I basically lost Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. The one-two punch. So I might have to go out there and replace Garrett Wilson, but... Save is going to charge me an extra premium. I just know he will. So I might have to shop elsewhere, man. <laughs> I I have fucking nightmares about me and these two guys bidding for Tyreek Hill coming up. And uh, I don't even know if I can be a part of the sweepstakes, man. Oh, it's going to be fireworks, man. Next, next week will be way funner to talk about our fantasy leagues. Because I think the trade deadline passes. Like, this is the week that we're going into after this 
Monday after this weekend's like the fireworks begin, so it'll be more fun. All right, next up, we've got an email from Cody George. Hey, it's Cody George. I emailed before about Dono pissing. (laughs) Fucking hell. Anyways, you guys were talking about a best of stories on the Herman Steen app. Also a great episode, by the way. But I was re-listening to the Grady Smith interview, and his story about jumping in the pool to save his buddy who couldn't swim is a classic and should be top 10. Also, all of Fred Gall's stories. Too many classics to choose from. You guys are the best skate pot out. Huge fan. Have fun. No question there, but another another story to add to our best of. Where he, uh, the episode's building, man. It's going to drop one day. Well, let's just drop be it between seasons because it's easy. It's not going to take uh, too much work. Fucking uh, the top 10's growing. Shout out. We, we just need people to keep reminding us. Yeah, exactly. And uh, shout out Cody. Thanks for the love, bruv. Yes, sir. All right. Next up, we got an email from Carl titled Wemby. Bunt gang, what it do? Greetings from San Antonio, Texas. I'll try to make it quick. Wemby and the Spurs are projected to win 29 games this season. We're now five games in and the Spurs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this email is from eight days ago. Um, the Spurs just put up two signature wins on Katie and Devin Booker's sons. I know Beal was out both games, but Wemby put up a couple all-time performances. The first one wasn't all-time. It was just he, did, he had some nice plays down the stretch. The 38 point, I'll give you. All-time is a little strong for, for that as well. But I think we are looking at the budding rivalry between Durant and Wemby. I don't agree at all. Katie's fucking like... Dude, read the fucking email. But this guy's just saying all types of shit. <laughs> Even though there's obviously a lot of respect between the Picking two. Picking it apart. My question is, do you think the Spurs will win more than 30 games? And are the Spurs a legitimate threat in the West this year? No. Shout out to Days, uh, Days Skateboards and Delhi Skate Supply. Blessings on your household. On your households. Oh, thank you, man. From Carlos. Sorry, I kept... That was just too much like insanity coming in at once. And I don't blame you at all. He's emailing us from San Antonio, Texas, so he's biased as fuck. Yes. Um, those were not all-time performances. They were two good regular season games. <laughs> Yo, this guy, all-time. I want to look up his style. Okay, you answer. I'm just going to look up a couple numbers while you say what you think. Well, I think since this this email was written in, the Spurs have lost four straight. <laughs> Fall into... <laughs> 13th in the West, they're three and six. So obviously not a legitimate threat yet, but dude, it's something great to build on, man. Um, After reading this email and hearing firsthand from a Spurs fan, I would like to maybe, you know, lend a helping hand and welcome you into the delusional fan base (laughs) um, fan club that I'm a part of here with the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know. Couple big wins to just change your whole mindset. Big trade for the team, make you go absolutely crazy. Like, I like where your head's at. Wemby, hell of a guy to land on in the draft, but you got a long way to go. This is still Jokic's world, man. We're just, Wemby's just living in it. Yes, seriously. And so I don't agree with basically anything you've said, um, but I, I respect where you're coming from. So his stat line in the better game was 38 10 and two assists okay and two blocks um that is so far from all time 
especially these days where there's you just see ridiculous box scores every week. Uh, that was a very nice regular season win, though. Uh, less than a month into the season. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the other one. It's a nice stepping stone you want to see. You want to oh, see when, sure. we have, when we have some big games. For sure. The other game, they won by one point and Wemby's stat line was 18 points on 6 for 12 shooting, 2 for 6 from 3, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, and 4 blocks. Um, that is so, in 28 minutes, that's so far from an all-time game. Um, but Spurs fan, so I get it. No, they're definitely not a legitimate threat in the West this season. Uh, the future is obviously bright. The stay healthy, Wemby. Their boy, their second best player, Devin Vassell, like that dude, he's good, but he misses a lot of games, man. I'm starting to notice. So hopefully they can just stay healthy. And I wish you and the Spurs the best, but just just pump the brakes a little bit, my guy. Pump the brakes. If you want to talk about all-time performances, though, we can talk about my waiver wire darling, Cam Thomas on November 6th, dropping 45 points off the <laughs> waiver wire. That's uh, fuck. I forgot about that. Pretty all-time. So annoying. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Brad Cromer. Obviously not the real one, but maybe. Who knows? Well, he's a real person, too. I say for... What? He's a real person, too, man. What do you mean? This guy says, obviously not the real one. Like any other Brad Cromer is a fake human. You think this is a... This guy has the same name? Who knows, man? What are the odds on that? He spelled it different, too. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Saifa, Donovan, and Ants. Spelled A-N-T-Z. That's respect. I got a question for all you guys. What are your thoughts on fakie impossibles? No fake. It seems like nowadays most people do shitty three shoves where their back foot stays on and call this an impossible. To me, if you do not at least somewhat vertically wrap the board around your foot, it's not an impossible. Yet so many people seem to be cool with calling these dusty ass three shoves impossibles. Am I insane for carrying this much? Probably, but what are your guys' thoughts? Stay gold, bump boys. Brad, you are not insane. That is not a trick. There's no such thing as a fakey impossible. It is definitely a shitty three shove. Three shoves is Why do you barely a trick fakey? too, man. Fake. Huh? Fake impossible. Oh, I thought you said fakey. <laughs> no, Jeez, no, that's no. even worse. Fake. You just meant the like those weird Shane O'Neill ones that are like three shoves. Yeah. Place, well, I don't watch Jeez. Battle at the Barracks anymore, but that's where you would see the most like heinous ones where someone would do an impossible and then the other person would just do like a weird three shove. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are obviously dusty. Hate to see that shit, man. Hate to see those. Even like when you're trying three shove, like you just don't even know if, if someone actually trying three shove, you never know anymore. And that, that trick's just kind of dust in itself. All right, next up, we got an email from Ralph titled Montreal Skate Talk. Hey, Safe Undano, hope you're good. I was watching the Green Apple Modern Love video, and one of my favorite skits has to be the one guy saying, C'est bon ça, when Aaron Rosenblatt throws a switch rail heel down some stairs. It got me wondering if skaters from Montreal had different skate slang to the rest of Canada, a bit like French or Brazilian skaters with their flip front and heel flippy randomness also i've been to montreal a long time ago everyone could speak english 
but were proud to speak French among themselves, so I figured Skate Chat would be in French too. Bonus question. Favorite Green Apple video? Thanks for the podcast. What do you mean they were proud to speak French amongst themselves? They're just speaking their language. <laughs> so what's the main question? Do they have different skate slang? Yeah. You would know. Do they, it, like, is there any that, like, we wouldn't say in English or or use here in Toronto? Not that I can think of. I'm sure. I don't know. I'm sure there's some different shit that they say on the sesh but if they're just speaking a different language obviously the slang's slightly different mm-hmm. but skate specific but that might slang, just be a regional thing yeah that might just be a regional thing I think there's different skate slang in every region man yeah i don't think it's necessarily I mean, the language yeah i don't think it's the language either favorite green apple video you can choose first um probably keep it classic modern love yeah, I was going to say Modern Love or Video X. Is that what it's called? The one with Paul? Yeah, actually, I, I love Supper is Ready too. That's a hard one. I'd have to rewatch all three to like give you my truest opinion. But the one that I would want to watch first right now is Modern Love. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we got an email from Brett D. Hey, guys, big fan here. Longtime listener. First time post office submission. I know this has been asked in different forums, but maybe we can get an update. Are there any guys who would like to get on that just don't really do interviews? As a longtime fan of the Baker Squad, I would personally love to see Figgy get on the bunt, as I think y'all's honesty and down-to-earth energy would suit his, or someone who puts off some too-cool-for-school energy like T-Funk. There would no doubt be some shots fired in both those interviews. Thanks for all you do. Man, we actually got to buck up with Figgy a little bit there down in L.A. He was at the baseball game and then at the after party as well. Sick dude, man. Cool guy. Definitely hope to make that happen one day. I know the people probably want to hear from Figgy. Don't get to hear too much from him. But he was dope, man. Yeah, I didn't. I uh, fuck. I didn't like cross paths with him with him on that one. I met him in the past. Super nice guy, and uh, would love to get him on. Did you Did you ask him about coming on the pod? Yeah, he says he's down, but like it's the easiest thing to say you're down. Yeah, yeah, especially Uh, when you're at the bar. I gotta reach out and make an actual like request. See, did you see that video he dropped? Or not like video, but it's like a teaser for a part coming out with all his bales that dropped last week. Jeez, no, I missed that. Bro, this shit is fucking crazy, man. Man. Um, any guys? It's kind of crazy. I feel like over the last couple of years, we've been able to get a couple of the guys on that we've really wanted to. Obviously, in years past, like I wanted Yalda to come on forever. And then he finally came on in the COVID season. And then Kalos was someone I'd been working on for years. And we had to create a fake contest and give him a championship to make him come on. <laughs> we did it. I think just like Ave, man. Ave and Rally. Like... We could have done Rally, I know. Fuck, Rally's been down too. I almost feel like maybe he thinks we're being rude by not getting him on yet, but we were Mm. trying to save him for a big trip, and hopefully that still happens. We could turn some sort of trip somewhere into a live Rally pod or like a video episode with Rally fans. Before I entered my like gangster phase in teenage years and started dressing like 
a lunatic and listening to Dipset and praising Wu Welsh. Like, Rowley was my guy, man. Rowley was my guy. We got to get Rowley on. Rowley rips at hotmail.com, man. You trademark. Um, I always say the same to someone. Make it happen. Reach out for us. Rodrigo TX Arto, sorry. Need to get those dudes on. Yeah. Arto. That'd be fucking epic. Thanks for the email, Brett. Yeah, welcome to the post office, Brett. Next up, we got an email from Tim H. Yo, Bunters. Greetings from England. Earlier today, one of the homies at the local was trying inward heels, but kept going back 180 after the catch, so we called it the suburban bird to match the opposite ghetto bird, which had us giggling for a minute. Do you guys have any stupid or funny names you've made up for certain tricks that only you use? Love the pod and shout out to the Lariat Skate Shop in St. Albans. Go hit them up if you're nearby. Cheers. What was the first one that came to your mind, if any? Oh, Front Ben. Yo, that's where my brain locked in. Yeah. I feel like we've <laughs> told this one like a few years ago, but our homie, one of our absolute best friends, favorite people in the world, travel all, all over the world with him. Uh, our main man, Ben Davis, was doing front blunts back in the day, but he would never ollie like fully into it. And he would just kind of do this weird like two wheel slide thing. And uh, those got called the front Ben. And that's definitely just in our crew. But, but yeah, we got it. It was like you would pull lock the, the front blunt, but not slide, and it would just like manual out. Yeah, we got that makes sense. It, he does one, I think, in a old Barcelona edit. So we got to go screen record that and put it in the front story, ben, bro. But didn't him? He had another one like called the Ancestor Grind or whatever, when he would have the fucking half cap board or a board side. And it would be like grinding on one side of the truck the whole way. Oh yeah. Oh, there's one, bro. There's one that I nicknamed or I gave the name. I think we were still in high school, and people, because this one got like a little bit more like I, I feel like people were using it across Canada a little bit for a minute, and then like people didn't believe me that I started it, but I 100 did, and it's the Punisher. And that was a back 50, back 180 out. You started the Punisher. Yeah. Wow. Now you're not going to believe me on on air right now. Yes, I did. I was with Skateboard I just, Jakes. It's hard to believe. Bro, I was with Jakes in the back of a drift. So that was probably like 2005. It was like when the shop first opened and they had the box back there. And we were playing skate and I got him to tee. And you know how Jake's just like certain tricks he just doesn't have it's not like gonna the, work that fluidity like a, a regular back tail like you like he could do them but it's just not like his usual motion and i was like yo jakes i got one for you the punisher because it's an easy trick but i knew he wouldn't be able to do it so i did a back 50 back 180 out and i beat him and then we just started we just kept calling it that and then i remember like magnus hansen was like, like referred to one as a punisher and i was like yo what the hell you know about that and he's he's like yeah and I was like, I, I I started that, and he's like, what the hell? Like, but Peter Raymond Dedda did one. I'm like, yeah, but he didn't call it that. We just call it that. So yes, that's. But what that's are the, the odds that you just heard it somewhere? There, bro, I said it because I knew he wouldn't be able to do it. I was like, Jake's, I got a punisher like, for you. How how did Magnus just hear about it? I don't fucking know. People just started saying it after that. Me and Jake's just kept kept using it. 
bro like if if anyone out there listening right now has any evidence of someone saying the punisher on a back 50 back 180 before 2005 i'm all ears but i promise you that is the story that's i didn't say it because someone else had done it in a fucking thrasher skate slang nah bro nah and then oh yeah then there's people started saying the rewarder front 50 front 180 but that didn't go anywhere yeah that's just I hope what about we, the gorilla grind? I hope we get some feedback on that. Cause who started that one? Gorilla grind. Yeah, I don't even know what that is, man. It's the front 180, switch 50, frontside half cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ultimate little kid tech trick. Yeah. Or fake, uh. fakey, fakey 50, fakey front big out. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we need some backstory on this. Punisher. Did Seifa create the name Punisher? Well, Please. I haven't even heard it in years, but yes. I, Somebody prove him wrong. I'm not the man. type of person to make shit up, man. For no reason. Like, what do I gain <laughs> out of like making that up? Like, yeah, like I just Bro, it's possible you just forgot that you saw it somewhere. Nah. But man. it's a pretty big claim. Dude, you know you the worst part is Jake's fucking baked ass fucking like I, I went to him to like corroborate my story one time he's like yo i don't remember i'm like fuck (laughs) i thought Uh, anyways that does that story not check out to you though like that is something i would do someone like devin to save you on this see that's your roy thompson hall that actually (laughs) should be a point in my favor is like everyone thought i was lying and then we called devin and he immediately was like oh yeah yeah say he did that trick and then Comer, same thing. Yeah, he did it. Like, I'm not just gonna lie about some random shit. <laughs> I know, but if if the any average person saw you trying it ten years later, <laughs> it would be hard to believe as well. That's so. That's a point in my favor. Yeah, but no, it isn't because I did it. I stomped that shit like ten. And that was no, I think but I it's just hard that. to believe this many years later that you made up the Punisher. Bro, you know I because it's like it's a locked and loaded skate term now. I don't think it is, man. Let's get I as much feedback as we can on this. And it sucks because people are always going to be skeptical no matter what. But like, We'll just start a poll. We haven't done a poll in forever. Oh, my God. All right. Do people think that Safer created the term Punisher? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yo, my people out there, anyone who fucks with no, me. No, don't, don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, plead for, Yo, for help. Hold on. No, no. I'm just saying. What? How long have we been on the airwaves? Seven years. Do I strike you as a liar? Would I make up that story? Like, <laughs> no fucking way. Like, bro, I don't gain you anything have to from it. Plead your character, man. Nah, they, but, the people trust you. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Let's let's get the poll popping, Devin. Like, I wish you could come to my defense, Jake's. Like, scrub your memory as hard as you can. Back fifty, back one eighty, back of a drift, game of skate. I have the worst memory, but there's certain things that I remember, and it's usually useless skate shit like this. Um, that was the er- origin of the Punisher. <laughs> We're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of this. I hope someone has a photo of a Thrasher Meg skate slang or something. <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to send the- people on the biggest wild goose chase right now to try and like, uh, <laughs> prove me wrong. All right. Next up. We've got an email from Mike Tran. What up, Bunt lads? Not trying to boast, but I can say with confidence I've got some top-tier skate spots I know in the city. 
Everyone is always trying to ask for a pin and I'm not sharing. Some people get really salty. I keep the spots to only a close group. I like to think of it when old ladies have a recipe, they don't give it to anyone and cause some heat in their friendships. What do you guys think? Am I being too stingy or can y'all relate? Damn. Amazing. Amazing email. Yeah. What I want to know is this, is this a secret Glencoe account or is this guy not from Toronto? I don't know where the fuck he is. I wish you gave us the but, city, but I love this email. Yeah. I think it's whack, bro. <laughs> like, this is the type of shit that makes the world go round. You got guys like Justin Bull in Detroit who literally won't leave Detroit for fear that somebody's going to come to the city and he doesn't get to show them around. Like, take pride in what you got. Share with the community. Bring others to your city, man. Create that skate spot account on Insta that brings people there. Like, share the wealth, man. Like, how long you got to keep it a secret for? If you just want to get your trick first and you just found it, then go right ahead. But to have, like, some secret recipe old lady cookbook, I ain't buying it. Yeah, I felt like I knew this would be a hot topic because we might disagree. I, I am siding with him, but not like fully. So my thing is like, first of all, I never go out looking for spots anymore or anything like that. I'm a spot leech. So I'll just, you know, come clean on that. Uh, the Mitch Barrett's of the world go fix a spot and I'll barge it. But I ain't out there fixing spots or finding spots. So I'll just say that first. But if I happen to find a buttery spot and we're filming for a video part, I'm going to try and get my shit on it and I won't go out of my way to tell anyone about it. I'll just keep the clip in the vault and if the, when the video comes out and people want to know where the spot is, you can have it all day. But I think I would rather keep it on the low or, you know, bring someone else who's filming for our video and tell them like, yo, we're keeping this spot on the low for now when the video's out. Uh, go nuts. I'll give the pin to anyone who wants to go. What do you think? Well, you just created a scenario. I know, because I'm in yeah. the, I'm in the middle. Like, if this guy... The thing that I think would be whack is like, yo, if I found like a perfect little fucking whatever the spot is, I'm just not going to post it in my story. I'm not going to post it hard. Po I'm not going to post... No one's going to know about it. I'm going to get the clip and that's going to be it. And my closest friends can go and I'll be like, yo, we're just keeping this on the low for now until the video comes out. You know what I mean? But... Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't want if you don't want to tell me where a spot is too, like I'm not gonna get mad at you. So I'm not gonna be a hypocrite about it. No, I don't rate it. I don't rate any of it. There's, if like there's another if you poll. go skate it and you film something and you don't post it or whatever, like people aren't even gonna know it exists anyway, so you're not gonna have that problem. But like first of all, I'm calling a bluff on Mike Tran. This guy just depending on what city he lives in, just thinks he just like found some top tier <laughs> skate spots. <laughs> calling a bluff i don't even know where you're from and i know that the spots ain't top tier well if he lives in toronto i know that his spot's probably trash it's a lie <laughs> yeah should we do a poll on this one too yeah like but a, how are people knowing about the spots to even ask for them anyways is he just like word of mouth going around telling everyone that i go i have all these six spots but they i can't tell you what like where yeah, they that's are. what is I like, don't like about the email. Is the thing that like came to mind here is back when we were young skating Shred Central and Duncan told us that he had an underground with perfect hips on it. <laughs> 
and we get there and they're fucking curb cuts basically like that's that's what's going through my head right now it's kind of i'm kind of getting a little bit agitated <laughs> with mike tran to be honest i remember when he was describing the spot at pond one day and bohart was there he's like yeah like you know huge natural hips like like transition for days ledges you get there and they're literally like two curbs high like so yeah. garbage like worst ledges like just an abomination of a spot and uh dude he made bohart so mad over that shit that i saw them i think it was a few days later it was the first time they'd seen each other since bohart skated the hips yeah. And it was like middle of winter, and he told Duncan that he found a ledge spot where it's warm outside. <laughs> He's like, perfect ledges. For some reason, it's just like really warm outside right there. And Duncan was like buying right into it. And I was like 15 or 16, and I was like, does this shit fucking exist? You know, like in my own brain, I'm like, there's a spot where it's warm outside right now. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Classic the shred, the shred ecosystem was like none other, bro. <laughs> yeah, pull. Share the spot or keep it a secret, man. But I know you're capping, Mike Tran. I know, but I kind of... There's got to be the third option. Just skate it. No, it's too complicated. My third option, it's like so specific. Skate it, but don't yeah, post it. Share, if man. you're fucking posting it, though, and like taunting the people and then saying, no, that's whack as hell. That's where I agree with you, Donald. What do we got here? Oh, a fake Geek Squad invoice. Skip that. All right, next up, we got an email from Bennett Peralt. Hey, boys, love the podcast. Bro, hold on. Hold on. Isn't that a, like a French last name? You can't say it like the most American Peralt. Like. Bennett's an English name, though. Like, I don't think it's Bennett Perrault or Perro, Perro. I don't know. I don't know how to. How would y'all pronounce that? P E R R A U L T. But usually you take like any chance to throw a little something on it. I know, but the Bennett, that just sounds English as hell. Bennett, Peralt. how about hit us uh, next time? Because if you have some more animal emails, I love animals. So feel free to holler back. But uh, just hit us with a voice note so we can know how to pronounce your Bestiality name. Bestiality in the post. Yo! What the hell? <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bennett Perrault. Perrault. I don't know. Hey, boys. Love the podcast. Been a loyal listener ever since my homie Jordan put me on. Shout out Ark Park till dark and the whole Humboldt skate scene. I'm a wildlife biologist. That's crazy. That was my dream job when I was a kid. And work, along, and work long days in the field. And I'm always listening to the pod. So I'm just curious what your favorite Canadian wildlife species is. Thanks for everything. Go Leafs. Oh, damn. Even some love for oh. Dono in here. That's what I call Epic. a perfect email. Short and dope and a little outside the box. It's got to be like a moose, right? The most epic one. Yeah, that's that's too clean. Can't go wrong with a moose. <laughs> Are there are there moose anywhere else than like North America? Should Google that real quick. Yeah, probably like where though? I can't picture them anywhere else. Oh, maybe in the in Europe. <laughs> what? What? <clears throat> oh, you're cracking me up, man. They got moose in probably in like fucking Russia or something. Wherever it's fucking cold. Yeah, as hell. yeah, no, for sure, for sure they do. 
Um, yo, you know what's crazy? I read this email the other day when we got it, and I started Googling just to see, because I'm not, not to bum you out, Bennett, but uh, I'm more of a Serengeti Plains type of guy. I love cheetahs. I love leopards, lions, a lot of the big cats. And Canadian wildlife's never been like... Um, super high up for me but there's definitely some beast species here you know what i'm saying we got polar bears we got brown bears we got all types of wolves um but maybe i'll go with you really i'm a big cat guy you can't go wrong with a beautiful cougar man let's uh it's pretty dope we also got the beavers man that's the classic canadian beaver yeah they got hella steez but they're just i don't know the wolf yeah you can't go wrong with a wolf a moose a cougar endangered over Dude, too i feel like back when uh Saifa was in school and he got the classic like what do you want to be when you grow up question he used to tell the teachers in class that he wanted to be a cheetah <laughs> Yeah, because when you're a kid, people always say you can be whatever you want when you grow up, and no one had the 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 heart to burst my bubble that you can't fucking be an anamorph, basically, and turn into a cheetah when you grow up. I remember my sleeping over at my friend's house one time, and she, his mom, told me that it wasn't possible. I was devastated. Bennett, what's your favorite Canadian wildlife species, man? Yo, we got bison up here too. Links, yeah. we got some ill shit up here. Yeah, Arctic weasels, All right. Arctic Next fox. Up. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> no worries. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next up, we've got an email from JC. You heads got love for Cardinal Official. How was he received in Canada when his track Dangerous with Akon popped off? <laughs> Yo, we got well. People refer to Toronto as the six because of the Drake shit, but I still refer to Toronto as T Dot because of Cardinal Official. Always had love for him. Legend out here. Yeah, I mean a little bit before our time, Cardinal, but we definitely T Dot was the original. Um, Everybody knows any of it's our older the heads. Dot. They got love for him too, man. So nothing but love for Cardinal, but. This is Drake City. Oh, come on, bro. It's obvious, man. <laughs> the biggest superstar rapper in the world. This Come is close. Justin Timberlake. Or, uh, what's that? Justin Bieber? Yeah, this is Justin Bieber's fucking town, man. Yo, you know, and he's I, a the skater. weekend kind of just like turned on us and forgot about where he's from, eh? Yeah, he could have fucking claimed it. Because I actually listened to some weekend songs here and there. but Yeah, but nah, he's gone. All right. Next up, we've got a goddamn novel from. Oh, yeah, he wrote it's from Christian Pietzok, but he put don't even try to pronounce it. I love it, but you know me, I can't resist an attempt. Our boy Christian Pietzok. I don't. I wonder where he's from. Piet Pietzok. Pietzok. <clears throat> Yo, Bump Boys, season one listener. What? Legend. First time emailer here. 
First of all, I wanted to thank you for doing the pod over all these years and all the things that evolved around it, like the tray flip challenges, the bunt jam, the part reviews. I'm stoked on all the things you put out and desperately look forward to the next season when it's the off season. Damn, man. Thank you, Christian. That's nice. <clears throat> I got a few questions for you guys, but first a bit of context. I recently started one of these skate... Uh, what the hell is that? Skate nerdery? What the hell is that? Instagram accounts on one which I clip. Uh, I collect clips of skaters wearing any type of jerseys. If you want to check it out. Oh, I think I might have seen this one. It's something I noticed over the years. It's quite rare, but recurring fit choice. I always thought it looked cool and made an effort to collect these clips. So here are my questions for you. The Instagram account is at skaters underscore in underscore jerseys. If people want to check it out. As the sports enthusiast that you two are, I was wondering if that is something that caught your attention and what you think about the look. Are there any memorable clips of someone wearing a jersey you can think of? To make it a little harder, you're not allowed to say Rob Welsh and free your mind. Bonus question. Do you have any favorite skate... How do you say that? Skate nerdery? Skate nerd... Yeah. Skate nerdery? Oh, okay. Like... I see what you're saying. Bonus question. Do you have any skate nerdery IG accounts <laughs> in case you care about that shit? For reference, I'm talking about the accounts like same spot, same angle, uh, overthinking skate videos, the skate loop, no push lines, groove trucks, etc. Looking forward to the rest of the season and hopefully many more seasons to come. Peace, Christian. Real one. Absolutely. Epic email. Love to see those new accounts popping up. Um, I haven't actually seen skaters in jerseys, but I've always said I loved it. Um, I think we've had a question before. Like my favorite skate clip in a jersey was Brandon Beeble, Switch Varial Heel, Switch Manny, Front 180 at Pier 7. Mm -hmm. I think he was wearing an Allen Iverson football jersey, which is just absolutely fucking epic. So um, sick. Choice trick. Loved Beeble at the time. But in listening to the email, I thought of another one, and it's um, Brian Anderson does back lip at Shell Park on a Tumietto Canada tour, and he's wearing a Wayne Gretzky Edmonton Oilers jersey, which is just an absolute statement. <laughs> Love that one, too. So sick. And another account I like, I do like to watch the skate loop. Uh, that, that's one where I find myself watching it over and over and over and over again, and it really... It hooks me in. The, whoever it is, they, they're they taking choice tricks and they're looping them real fast. I like it, man. That's a cool look. Yeah, I like that one. Same spot, same angle. This is dope, too. Um, Donald, first up, just got to make a little correction. It wasn't a back lip at Shell Park. It was back blunt and front blunt in the rain by uh, BA back in the day. Shout out our boy BA certified legend i'm gonna go with another certified legend and another one of our good homies mr grant patterson some heavy clips in jerseys over the years and um i just had to i, I think i'm gonna go with the nolly tray off the roof thing in vancouver in the paul pierce celtics jersey nolly tray master Epic NBA player. Great combo. All right. This has been a Megalodon version of the post office. So let's wrap it up with a voice note. Peter Morris stepping into the post office. Let's take a listen. 
Hey guys, enjoying the new season. I'm just wondering uh, from each of you, what is your favorite skate brand that is no longer around? All right, thanks, peace. I'm gonna go with Hubble Wheels, man. The ads were fucking legend. Hubble Wheels, eh? And the ads, yo. Never had them. I don't even think I ever saw a pair in like like live yeah. in person. But somehow they had the money to advertise in the mix. Yo, first my man mentions bestiality. Now he's talking about the Hubba girls. Bruv, I think I know what you need to do after we stop recording. Get your head straight. Fuck. Uh, let's just go with shorties, man. Classic. Can't go wrong. Fulfill the dream, man. I might have to watch that when we're done while you do something else. All right. That's going to wrap up the post offer for this week. Massive one. The inbox is absolutely cooking these days. So get your questions in, man. The bunt live at gmail.com. Let's go, baby. This is the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. This past week, I heard someone very special to us. The man by the name of Stephen A. Smith quoted to say that the Statue of Liberty moves more than James Harden. Um, begs the question, did Kawhi and PG and to a smaller extent, Russ, even want Harden on the Clippers, man? I would love to know, man. I would love. I heard before the trade happened, or like right after it happened, that they were all like super hyped on it and shit. And I think what they're on a four-game losing streak. As of this recording, the offense looks in shambles. The defense, the rebounding is just a joke. I'm hating it. I got Paul George. You got Kawhi in fantasy. Like they actually look like really good which was the worst part before the trade it was just like their problem was never like we need more it was more of we need health and they went for more but like it just never made sense on paper it's like you got two ball dominant stars and then westbrook was last year was already like okay like westbrook needs the ball but can he you know defer enough for it to work and credit to him he was just it was night and day him on the lakers last year versus the clippers and then to start this year he was looking good for for westbrook you know and then it i don't know i hate this trade so much i hope they can figure it out but it like didn't make sense in my head i was curious to see it and unfortunately it's turning out maybe worse than i even thought that said Kawhi lu said he needed 10 to 15 games to figure it out he's one of the best coaches in the league so fingers crossed they figure it out because it's always fun having the dusty clippers in the playoff picture absolutely from the outside looking in and what i believe i think i know about Kawhi and paul george which is probably nothing that's actually fact they don't seem like the guys that would need <laughs> or want james harden around man who needs all that extra drama that james harden's gonna bring to town and then just sloppy play is just doesn't seem like it will be part of their game but they went out they got james harden now they gotta live with it i know i hate trades in any sport where it's like yeah this would have been 
the most badass team five years ago you know like those never feel like a good idea and the last time i remember working in basketball off the top of my head was maybe the celtics but those guys none of them had won a championship they were all you know kg of course i'm talking about um ray allen and paul pierce like they were all ready to like come together for a greater cause and it's funny because only Kawhi's won a championship about their four like big name stars but there's something about them that just seems like they're like Harden especially it's just like does a championship how much does a championship actually matter to him like the last four years since he left Houston it's just like no matter what he says in interviews you just can't believe anything that comes out of that dude's mouth because what he says and his actions never match so and the worst part is like i'm sure me and you fantasy wise selfishly we want them to like trade hard and somehow but like i think that was the last move and now it was a fucking game of hot potato and now the clippers are stuck with the hot potato man like Houston Houston had a good yeah, version that's the perfect of way to put it. James Harden. He was motivated. He had Chris Paul there who probably kept him honest. They had a good team. Probably should have beat the Warriors that year. Then he moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. Fucking wicked team as well. Probably like a similar structure to what they have in the Clippers now. But they were all years younger. That didn't work out. Probably mostly because of Kyrie at the time. And then landing in like a perfect spot for him in Philadelphia with the MVP of the league and another good roster round of that didn't fucking work out. And now this just seems like a sideshow. Like sometimes you question how people get jobs in front offices and you're like those people at home. They're like, I'm right about this. Like This was a bad move. Like how did someone approve this trade? And it still happens. That's crazy. And especially because I feel like they've been, I feel like they've actually been, this might be unpopular opinion. I feel like their front office has actually been pretty good um, since Kawhi and Paul George teamed up. Now you could obviously go back and be like, well, Shea Gilgis and all those picks. But it's like, who's really going to say no to combining those two, especially when you're the Clippers, you've never won a championship and Kawhi is about to sign and you just need to go get Paul George for a bunch of picks like you do that probably not OKC still ain't hitting Shea Shea wasn't yeah like Shea wasn't the guy that he is today obviously and they've had horrible injury luck and the year that I think that they could have won it all 20 what was that 21 when the Bucks won like I think if Kawhi doesn't get hurt I think they beat the Suns and we've said this before i think we both agree that we think they beat the bucks like Kawhi, i've never seen anyone getting Giannis's head and kind of like he dude the way he's gotten in lebron's mm-hmm. head in the past like Giannis's head like there's something about playoff Kawhi when he's hitting on all cylinders and maybe he's done because maybe we'll never see that guy again but that guy like 2019 oh and even against the warriors in 2018 or 17 was it before he rolled his ankle zaza styles like there was just something different about that dude so i think they actually i would have picked them to be the favorite to win the 21 playoffs so it just a lot of unfortunate luck for the clippers and their cursed franchise we know that but 
Yeah, I'm just bummed on this trade all around, man. I don't like it, man. A once absolutely celebrated star in the NFL at the top of his game, breaking records for most catches, coming into pretty much every season. Him and Drew Brees, the one-two punch down there in New Orleans. Michael Thomas then went through years and years of injuries, and now he's exploded, man. I don't know exactly what happened, but I just read somewhere that he threw a brick through a man's window, dog. Your thoughts on the Michael Thomas situation? Bro, when you said he's exploded, I I knew what you were coming coming to, but when you said it like that, I was like, wait, did he have a big game? Oh, he game had another bad game. But they're not even bad. They're like no, average no, games. But it's, it's Chris Olave's team I, now. Man, now, now that I've been watching football for fuck getting close to 10 years i don't know how many you're years kidding me that's 10 years or something no no it hasn't been oh. 10 years but i want to say this is year eight maybe yeah. for me and the, now that i'm in year eight it just that league just makes me sad and you tried to explain this to me in my first year because you really took me under your wing because you wanted me to enjoy it and you were trying to teach me as much as you could and you're and i let, just would like trying in my second year or something i'd like draft like a running back that used to be relevant and you tried to tell me so many times like yo running backs are usually only good for like three to five years mm -hmm. and i would just be drafting names but now that i've been watching getting closer to a decade it just like that league just makes me sad like these household names and the especially running backs who are like the face of the franchise or at least like the guys who score the most and like probably sell a bunch of jerseys like those dudes just get fucking replaced so quick wide receivers star wide receivers usually have a longer shelf life but even that is short-lived like I, i'm pretty sure how long has michael thomas been in the league i feel like i've seen him every year since yeah. he's been in the league he Maybe had I like four or five season. insane and years and then since then it's been a tail off yeah but i've seen his highest of oh, highs yeah. but that's like as good as a wide receiver can get but you go it goes back to like everyone's oh, been yeah. like that megatron and it seems like the careers are getting shorter and shorter and shorter outside of that um franchise quarterback position it's just the way that the nfl just moves on from people but this is the most nfl headline i've ever seen michael thomas arrested friday <laughs> yeah. will play sunday <laughs> fucking hell that's the NFL for you. Yeah, that was fucked. But yeah, as as someone who grew up a basketball fan and being used to like, if there's a star, you kind of expect a oh, decade yeah. plus. And like, dude, you've been you've been a pretty big basketball fan since we started playing fantasy, right? Like, you've seen guys be drafted that are still in the league, and like, you've literally followed them their entire career, mm -hmm. and they're part of like your life. And then you like, we just watched Carmelo Anthony you know officially retire but you don't really get that in football and it's kind of sad because you get so attached to these guys that bring you so much but it could just be over mm -hmm. in four years dude i'm years, finally you know? just seeing so, the decline of my like one of my original fantasy darlings in josh richardson and he's still hanging around you know is he still hanging around? <laughs> Yo, I thought no, you were talking no. NFL. You mean, yeah, he's back on the yeah, heat, like, which is kind of sick. He used to be my, like. our little Swiss yeah. Army knife in fantasy. You know, he would have some some play some good basketball, but he's still just oh he 
I think he had three, maybe three years that were like sick for fantasy. He had his like come up, maybe like a one, two come up year, then that one big year on the Heat, and then they traded him, and he was never the same. Yeah, but he's he coming, he's approaching. 10 years in the league like if he goes to next year that's a 10 years and he's just like that which is crazy. insane because he's just not he's just that not good. that good <laughs> never been a consistent yeah. shooter yeah. a difference between the nfl and the nba hopefully mike thomas gets his off-field stuff sorted and comes back to some relevance in the nfl he had a couple good games this year obviously not getting the touchdowns but it's hard down there with Derek carr but guess what our boy is back Jameis Winston saw the field on Sunday, and what did he do? Immediately threw a touchdown. The comeback came up just short, but I hope Jameis gets to stay out there, man. Rev, I just saw. Let me scroll. Do not tell me that what his name is coming back. Oh well, I saw two tweets in regards to this. God damn, I have too many fucking tweets. But one was the coach saying it was like asking about a QB change and the coach is like um yeah no we, that's something like we're not considering oh. at all and as fantasy players we're like are you fucking kidding me like let, let's mix it up but I get it they're I think they're still leading uh leading their division so like whatever they're not trying to shake it up too crazy but the, the stat I saw it was like a Chris Olave stat it was like with Derek Carr in the game it was like one target one reception 15 yards and with Jameis in the game it was like whatever seven targets like 80 yards and a touchdown I'm making up those numbers but oh, it's yeah. just night and day uh, the, the fantasy community like please give Jameis the starting job I miss that dude so much he's so funny off the field and somehow so funny on the field which is a rare thing for an NFL player please Let's get some Jameis. Let's in keep our lives. the Jameis in our life because he's already there. Just don't take it away from us again, man. Oh, I got it. Oh man, my guesses were so on point. Chris Olave in week ten with Derek Carr, one target, one catch, fifteen yards. Without Carr, eight targets, five catches, seventy-nine yards. TD. Like, let's keep that going, man. Are you kidding me? They were they were getting blown the fuck out, and then Jameis gave them some life, and obviously blew it at the end in Jameis fashion. But to even get them back in the conversation of that game, come on, man. Tommy DeVito, the Giants' third QB. Lives at home with the family, you know. I kind of like the the wholesome story behind it. I think this is the guy that either me or you can replace in the NFL. I think we can do what Tommy DeVito <laughs> does, man. Yeah, we're talking fifty-one point nine percent completion. We're talking the game's over by the early third quarter, so plenty of garbage time when the opposition isn't hitting as hard or. I feel like we might be able to put up some Tommy DeVito numbers, man. Bro, I didn't know where you were going with this. I didn't know if you were going to say he's the QB of the future or what the fuck you were going to say. But you know what? I actually agree with you more than believing that me or you could get 15 yards in the NFL. Like, throw us in shotgun where we actually have that split second to go down if we don't want to get destroyed and sacked. I I might have to agree with you on this. See what one, I'm man. saying? Tommy, <laughs> he's not doing anything special. Just stay alive for the first three quarters. 
and then shit is just not serious anymore. The the Cowboys have 40-something points. No one's taking you serious. You can get your little two touchdowns, Tommy. You know, dish it off to Saquon. Stay safe. 86 yards, we're talking. That's what he got over the course of the whole game. 86 yards. It's doable, man. Yeah, that, that shit was... That shit was sad to watch. But honestly, at this point, if there's any Giants fan that's still rooting for wins this season, they're yes. tripping. I'm pretty sure they're all on Caleb Williams' watch. And I don't know. This might sound evil just because I don't really fuck with Boston sports fans. But don't you want to see Caleb Williams go to the Giants instead of the Patriots? Like, where are you at on that? We already know the Cardinals, dumbasses. They're gonna push for wins. Are gonna win too many games. No, they already no got their. Reason. They got Kyler, man, and they had another first round. I know. QB. I they know, had I their know. chance. Um, Caleb Williams has been losing a lot of games. I don't want them to get in, him. I don't. In uh, college, these last few weeks and months, I guess. Yeah, he's still the undisputed he is. first round guy. Or I hope I pick, was right? on. But, where, where do well, you want to see First of all, I go? hope I was on the side of not paying Daniel Jones his money. But I guess Daniel Jones got <laughs> his little medium-sized check in the form of an NFL check, obviously, in, in real life to us. 40 mil a year. It, uh, life-changing money. Yeah. But Tommy DeVito, a New York football giant or the next New England Patriots quarterback? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I remember when they got Mac Jones late. I thought that that they had pulled off the heist of all time. Remember when he fell to them at like 10 or whatever it was? It was like, oh my God. Bill Belichick got his fucking uh, quarterback. Oh my God. Did you see the video from the ring camera of Bill Belichick sneaking out of a shorty's house last weekend? <laughs> Bro, I saw that. I was like, "Is it is him?" This? Like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, "It is looks that him? so much I like hope him." It was because I was legendary. Why is he shirtless? It like bro, he was in New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. That reminded me of like the front porch and like yeah. Jersey Shore. Oh shit. Anyways, yeah, send him to New York, man. They deserve it. They've been starved. <clears throat> send Caleb, Caleb to New York. Yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking. Honestly, and now that Tom's gone from Boston and Gronk's gone from Boston, I'm done with Boston, man. They've won enough. I don't need to see them win again in my lifetime. I, I would prefer it if they didn't. Yeah. So. Like, yo, it's... So, there's always been comparisons about Belichick and the Patriots and Pop and the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Like, popping the Spurs getting Wemby kind of annoyed me. I'm not going to lie, but I'm kind of happy because I'm, I'm just happy for Wemby as a human because I want to root for him, going to, like, a good franchise and not going to, like, although Houston's actually, you know, looking good with the coach switch, like, not going to, like, a loose ball franchise like Charlotte or Houston. But with Caleb Williams, like, I please don't go to the Patriots. No. Like, go somewhere fucking dope New as Jersey. Hell. Like, yeah, yeah, like New York would be sick and then start building properly. I don't know. Daniel Jones. They got a lot of good pieces. Might be and they got a good coach. Franchise, the He's ACL. Not that they were going to win games with them anyways, but yeah, good coach. 
Didn't they no make? Receivers. They were in the playoffs last but, year with Daniel Jones. Like the team is okay. They can get. They can make it work. They got Waller there. Pick up a wide receiver. Like I agree. Send him to the New York Football Giants. Um, we just mentioned the Cardinals and the epitome of stupidity. Um, Kyler Murray or Dobbs? Who are you taking? <laughs> you know the answer. There's Yo, only one answer to this. I mean, I mean, I don't want to overreact. What do you mean overreact? To- He's on a fucking heater, man. Magic in a bottle, lightning you, in a bottle, yeah. lightning in a bottle. That's close. Magic. Sorry, I'm I'm a philosopher. I make magic my own in a shit fucking like you bottle, these days. Baby. Magic in a bottle. That that's yeah. actually pretty good. It's got like, I might some sort saying. of ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I still give it to Kyler because what I was worried about most with what? Kyler was like, is he still going to be able to scramble like Sonic the Hedgehog in midget form? And he proved that he is. But it was so funny watching them win that game. And I'm just like, man, you guys are just so classic. Like, winning useless games at this point of the year. It's like, what are you really doing? Other than just... The NFL... What do you... Okay. Big picture question for you. The NBA has clearly embraced tanking. And they have for years. The NFL, like, somehow hasn't... Even last year, the most fucked thing, and it was a spite, was the Texans oh winning that God. game. But it did get them Stroud, so it kind of backfired for uh, what the coach was trying to do and by fucking them over. But they, the Panthers fucked themselves oh. over with the first pick. But does it? I, it still confuses me because I'm so used to NBA culture and the tanking. I still, I don't understand NFL franchises and not tanking. And it's 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 better for entertainment week to week when you know teams are trying to win. But for the big picture, like it I is just literally the most unpredictable league out there, though. You, no one, literally, no yeah, one amazing. can predict what in the world is going to happen from week to week. Like somehow, the Cleveland Browns, with some of the worst quarterback play that I've ever seen, are getting the job done. Like Houston and CJ, CJ Stroud, they're talking not just offensive rookie of the year, but he's getting MVP chatter cj stroud houston <laughs> texans it's i love it this Bro, this league it. is built for tv it is the greatest league in the world it is it's untouchable what the nfl has going on right now the way they're owning fantasy sports the way they own sunday the tailgating culture you name it they literally have everything man oh my god it ain't even close like it's yeah it's it's crazy because i mean most of my life i wasn't an nfl fan and i had no plans whatsoever on ever even caring about the nfl and you strong armed me in through fantasy and like i i love it so much like there's so much that i don't like about the nfl ah just forget you know, about that like shit. off the field stuff and policies but all but as far as like the game itself the unpredictability I'm like jealous as an NBA guy of so much about the parody and just loose ball like insanity and the fantasy is so much better than any other sport like it, it's a great league if we're talking on the field minus all the fucking head injuries mm-hmm. and shit but yeah a flawed league but the most entertaining and it's just built for 
people to sit around all day you know you can kind of like step back from the tv every now and then tune back in one game's boring you just flip to the next like it's that's the best part is like honestly you can sit down and watch your favorite nba or nhl game and it could just turn into a shit blowout game and you know by halftime it's over unless it's the thursday night or the sunday night game or monday for that matter if you're sitting down on Sunday, you're getting fucking action. And you're getting at least two or three games that are filled with fucking action. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers are yeah. on a fucking heater right now. Like Oh, well, you, you beat me too. The to Pittsburgh it. Steelers since them, but I'm gonna sound like the like fakest NFL fan, but because I came in to the NFL so recently and red zone's been available this whole time like i hate to say it but sometimes when i'm watching a primetime game and that's the only thing on tv i get a little bored <laughs> because i'm so used to the yeah. adrenaline that you get from the one o'clock and four o'clock windows where it's just like boom boom like action 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 there's nothing quite like that seven hour stretch no, on red zone man. and if you're watching especially if you're watching a shit game like Thursday I didn't night even football watch. this past I knew week, it, like man. Bears, Panthers. Like, are you fucking I knew it. kidding they me? Have... <laughs> but if you sprinkle in one play from that every 30 oh, minutes good. on red zone, you're yeah. like, oh, shit. A field goal here down. and there. It just looks like a regular Sunday game. But when the binoculars of a primetime game are on, yeah, that's the only thing that goes wrong. But now they got these 930 games going. They're getting us up super early. Like... Oh my god, that game! I, I we've talked about my fantasy team. You know, I have Gardner Minshew. That was absolutely brutal to watch. I think he had five points and threw an interception. Back down to three in the third quarter. I was just like, "Fuck my life!" Like I'm I'm done with this shit. <laughs> oh, all right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up this week's episode of the Bunt. We'll catch y'all next week. Steeler Nation, let's go. We're six and three. Steelers are seven and three after that upset. Bruv, yo, if we win this week and the fucking Ravens lose, I think I've got $38 on Pittsburgh to win, or $20 on Pittsburgh to win the AFC North. And the fact that it's even still a possibility, I don't want to get my hopes up, but Steelers Nation, let's fucking go, baby. We making it pop. We grinding them out. I'm getting into this shit. You get me. I can't believe this. <laughs> oh, I also have uh, Steelers over eight and a half wins for a season long. And I have Bengals under 11 and a half for the season. So shout out to my Steelers and shout out to Houston for doing their shout thing Shout out this week. to Safa becoming a degenerate gambler. I'll, at the at the end of the football season, I'll put my uh, like how much I put in versus how much I made or lost. Just All for right. where you at gigs. now? What's the? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as degenerate. What's the as you plus think. minus right now? I don't know. I'd have to. I I can't even log into the app because I'm in Paris. So <laughs> it won't let me. Like, the, see are you fit to play? Will but, come up and you'll have to click no. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, because because. Uh, because the NBA is back and betting on football, I've been just losing money left, right, and center. 
Like I've just I'm so much better and confident at basketball box scores that I've been I've been grinding my way back up, but I am okay. in the red. Just All to right. let the people know. <laughs> All right. Peace.